Immortal Realms, Sigmar Nalia Spectacular Podcast Ultra Crossover. Grab your hammer so we can clear a path through the chaos and forge our own narratives in the Age of Sigmar. Your allies through the Realm Gate this episode are Aaron, Chamberlain of Chapters, Paul, Constable of the Conspiracy Theories, Davey, Captain of Hetman of Hicks's, Eric, Profiteer of Prose, from What the Hex, Phil, President of the Power Step, from Dogs of Warcry, Josh, Duke of Destiny Levels, and Paven, the Queen of Quads. How are you doing, gentlemen? Hey, we're doing pretty so good. So great. <laughs> I said, how are you doing, gentlemen? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Um, we are getting together for the first time, the seven uh, podcast hosts. Might say the that have uh, seven. have brought you fantastic stories, uh, led you through multiple games. You can't call your own stuff fantastic. Um, and uh, we just keep we have never been in uh, a room podcasting together before, and uh, the idea was brought up, and uh, it was knocked down first, and then it was brought up again, and it was still knocked down, but then it was brought up again, and the, the third time that energy that spirit. I uh, was there, and we all felt it. So that's why we're here tonight. Is this um, a Wumba tribute band? It's <laughs> <laughs> because no one How realized. How does that it? one go again? <laughs> you get knocked out. Oh, that's a dollar. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, so, uh, welcome everybody here. Uh, why don't we just go around the horn real quick and talk about kind of how that holiday has started off for you and how you're feeling? We're going to start with our buddy Paul. Uh, doing great. Got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, excited to be here for the holiday Saturnalia spectacular. Awesome! Yeah, no, it's been it's been busy but wonderful. Lots of good things ahead. Definitely looking forward to hanging out with all you folks. Thanks, Josh Pavent. Uh, doing good. Uh, yesterday, I went to the Warhammer store and picked out my Christmas presents and delivered them to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Was she thrilled? <laughs> she she yeah. checked off the list. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like you to wrap these, please. <laughs> How you with, with the good wrapping paper, please. <laughs> uh, doing pretty good. Uh, we just finished recording some stuff for What the Hex and uh, getting ready to get out of town for a while and probably not do any hobbying unfortunately yeah <laughs> had to stack up the recording queue so we can stay on target but uh, <laughs> it was good there that uh, was a smooth transition into davy yeah uh i will also be out of town uh which means that i've been doing some research on uh if there's anyone in the st louis area that i can play some games with while i'm down there nice so, yeah Nice. How about you, Aaron? Uh, same old, same old. Honestly, I forgot it was Christmas time. That's not true. Don't tell my family. Um, no, doing doing just fine. Uh, wish the, the 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 winter would be over. Quite frankly, I've had my fill. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and this is Eric. Back to me. Um, Christmas uh, is a fantastic time of year. Not traveling at all, so just hanging out. I'm hoping to get snowed in so I don't have to go to work as much. Uh, I'm hoping <laughs> to bad. Hope, hope, hoping to binge some Star Wars with my son now that he's uh, of age. Um, and presents are all right. I've got a few gifts uh, from the Warhammer store that I'm looking to pick up as well. So um, I want to mention also before we get started that I believe as this goes out on the uh, Mortal Realms stream that this will be episode 50. Mm. Uh as marked, <laughs> oh. but I define. But, but I think uh, what I was just trying to make an uh, add up of all the episodes that uh, we've put out between the Mortal Realms, what the Hex, and uh, most recently Dogs of War Cry, and we're at about eighty eight or eighty nine episodes. And so um, I don't, I don't think at the beginning of this year we thought we'd be anywhere near that uh, kind of output. But it's just been fun uh, getting together, podcasting with all you guys, and and, and putting out stuff uh, that you can be proud of. Maybe well, nobody else is, but uh, 
<laughs> we can be. So we're going to kick off this episode with a, a recap. We're going to start with looking backwards, uh, as you often do. It's tradition. Um, and we're going to jump around a little bit. Name, name maybe a, a high point, a big point, uh, a big uh, reveal or uh, event or something in uh, Age of Sigmar, in our hobby, etc. that... Uh, that was exciting for you this year that you felt was important for, for our community. Sure. I just wanted to, uh, to say that, uh, in terms of war cry, it's been a really interesting year. Obviously it just came out this year, but I was talking to our, our local Warhammer store representative, Vint, and he'd mentioned, uh, you know, he'd heard through work colleagues, et cetera, that war cry kind of outsold expectations from games workshop. So they were sold more than a year's worth of material in like a few months. And so they were pushing more war cry stuff forward. So I think it's going to be pretty exciting to hear that and, future support coming our way so <laughs> my high point um was actually hitting up wapaka earlier this year yeah i was um, interested to see that in the notes yeah, yeah. um i never i never no actually i had been before and that's not true i went a couple of years back but um i'm unfortunately not gonna be able to make this year or that is a, the 2020 version which is unfortunately going to be the last one so i'm going to savor the memory of going earlier in 2019 um to play some underworlds oh which, you know, I play so much of. Um, but I did get to chat uh, with uh, Raj just just uh, for a hot second. We also got to play as well. Um, I don't know that I'll ever get a chance to see that guy, but hearkening back to um, the Warhammer Fantasy 8th, 7th, 7th edition, 8th edition days, um, I was listening to a lot of Point Hammered. Um, and so he was sort of one of the sort of mainstays of my uh, interaction with the community at large, listening to that podcast. And so getting a chance, even for, you know, just a few moments to chat with him, uh, it was a, was a highlight of 20, 2019, and I'm glad I got the opportunity to do so with these gentlemen over here. Yeah. Uh, I So I had originally written, written down Adepticon because it was my first Adepticon experience. That was cool. Uh, but I'm going to change it. I, I it was cool to go up um, with the crew from here, go to Wapaka. And although we were not there for the AOS tournament, it was cool to just sit down while we were, while we were sitting waiting for the uh, Underworld stuff to start, you know, just running into people again and again. Like it was, it was kind of like this nonstop stream of people that – now that I've been in Wisconsin long enough, I, I know some of the locals out of there. It was just good to see people and chat chat with them, you know. Yeah. And uh, I remember hearing about that when I listened to the podcast, like Point Hammered or Skull Bros, awesome and that sort of thing. Like they were just excited to. I, don't know, I was I, playing games is almost uh, um, secondary. Yeah, secondary to the to the talking to people, and that's I, I had that experience there. Sure. So I'll be I'll be sad to see it go. Yeah, but, but to, uh, to build off that, like it's not only the Point Hammer guys. You hear about sort of the Midwest. Um, community uh, through those podcasts. And so you'd see all those names that like you, you'd hear them talk about when they'd go to like old Warhammer Fantasy um, tournaments and <laughs> I didn't talk to most of them, even though I should have. Um, but to even see their armies or, you know, just see the folks that like you hear about, you know, like, oh, I know the, the types of armies you play or the, the way you paint and stuff. So that was cool to see as well. Yeah. Um, it was the first uh, Warhammer tournament experience for me too. So Wapaka was pretty great. Um, Adepticon was my first time going this year. So pretty big and then uh for just in the local scene um we started our first league uh and i've been pretty much running that at our local shop and that's been really cool to sort of build a community i've never uh never really done anything quite like that before i've run some stuff for people before but i've never really owned it so uh been a pretty big year actually Cool. Got some shade glass this last week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not to toot my own horn, but yes, I did. <laughs> uh, what do you want for it? 
Uh, well, it's going in a hermetically sealed vault, and it's never coming back. Out. What do you want for the vault? Uh, well, you'd have to probably buy my house, but we could work something out. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, my perennial favorite is always going to be Adepticon. Uh, again, it was an amazing experience for me this year. It's my, I clear the calendar. I go for every possible day that I can. Um, but I'm also going to point out just a, a real great personal moment for me was going to, um, the Bruce City Bash, Bruce City Brawl. Um, I was able to play David, Nash of Sigmar, my first game. And that was pretty fun because I had painted up an army for the event, uh, that was the Gloom Spike Gits army that David was instrumental in allowing me to make my vision come true. Uh, he had actually printed off some wet transfers for me to be able to make the army. So it was awesome to be able to play him for the first time with the army that I painted with his help. So that was pretty amazing. This is my best moment right now with all of you. Kindly leave. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we can move on. The plunging spider. I had two. No, just kidding. (laughs) There's a lot of great moments. Uh, uh, Having a second crack at running an event um, and and doing it better and asking for help and having help with it um, in a in a more like integrated way. Not um, I had a lot of great help like on the day of, but like asking people to like help make stuff like uh, Josh making things and and bringing a ton of stuff um, just made it better. And I wish I had done more of that sooner. And so I just learned a lot from from the second event that. Uh, that the third event is going to be even better because I want to pull more people into it and mm-hmm. and uh, you start that energy more than six weeks out, you'd be all set. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the that's the next step, the uh, and that's part. part of the reason it's hard to ask is because they come up so late. So, uh, uh, but the Josh showed me how good it is that I think it's I can I can plan out further now. Yeah, we'll so, pave it in this time. Oh yeah. <laughs> We'll get everybody. Everybody will be in. The hell you will. (laughs) (laughs) Never take me alive. (laughs) That's fine. Is it it because that one time we made you dress up? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, only you. Nobody else. Any any pictures of that? There's got to be pictures. Where are they? You took them. Yep. Oh yeah! Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You guys don't realize, but Aaron about? owns all know. of our digital record, yeah. <laughs> can... and, and the rights to such. Yeah. So, can I recap some uh, releases for us? <laughs> Absolutely. And I like I've been I've been feverishly writing this down on a piece of paper to try to remember. But like, it's been a huge year for Age, uh, like Age of Sigmar and related properties. So go ahead and so yeah so I'm just gonna like hit us up with some uh, so we I think we started the year on Gloomspite Gits and we got a huge release there very near and dear to my heart and I think Paul's heart as well mm-hmm. um, and then we launched in soon after that to Slanesh came after that Slanesh Demons release where we thought he was gonna be released but he's still in there but we got to find out a lot more about uh, his chains. And I, you know, I didn't pick up the battle tone, but I heard all about it on the Mortal Realms podcast. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Back when you were just a listener. Yeah, when I was just, some, yeah, the stars in my eyes and stuff. Eating up yeah. all that misinformation. <laughs> it wasn't true. Um, <laughs> we thought it was. Uh, and then was Forbidden Power was after that. Forbidden Power was after that, uh, where we got um, more endless spells and more story progression. And then... Bone Reapers? Question mark. War Cry. <laughs> we'll War Cry. Yeah. Well, War I think he was sick of AOS and then gonna well, swing around to that. Yeah, we did get four battle yeah. tones before we got. Yeah, there's 
Gave oh, yeah. in and Flesh Eater Court. Yes. Fire Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was just doing like major miniature. Yeah, we got like a ton of battle tones. We got like, you know. And rounded out the year. And new um, spells yeah. and new terrain for all of those. Yep. I can just show oh, you. Oh, boy. <laughs> Our spreadsheet master has yeah. pulled up the I spreadsheet I thought we were only going to get one spreadsheet this episode. <laughs> oh, no. We no, got no. Why, do you, why do you think I have this? <laughs> I think this we're going to have to rename the spreadsheets. Oh, the Maw Tribes. Um, you know, getting uh, getting ogres represented fully in the lore, um, but also you know with with a couple new miniatures and a, and a combination of books uh, or combining uh, them into a book so that they all kind of how they relate together was pretty cool. I really enjoyed that. That was something that happened, even if it was just to help introduce the Bone Reapers. That's okay too. Yeah, and it feels like we've they've done so much work to like I don't know. Get ca- it feels like we're really caught up now, and we're just like on the precipice of something like big yeah. that's going to happen. Yeah, like e- everybody has a home. At least all the all the miniatures have a home, don't they? Yeah, yep. true. Mm, Absolutely. There's, yeah. yeah, there's an anchor in the mortal realms for everybody. I have to say, I really enjoyed Forbidden Power for engaging us into that. There's more than what meets the eye. We always kind of knew that with Age of Sigmar, but uh, when we started dropping the storm vaults and talking about all these things that have been hidden away really allowed us to delve into that rich history in a way that we hadn't before. So, yeah, I, I'll agree with that because it was an example of how they could expand on the world, uh, not just by moving the timeline forward, but by filling up what we didn't already know about the history. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Forbidden Power basically uh, moved the timeline in both directions. Mm-hmm. knew more about the past, and it moved forward. And, it, and I do think that as we've been antsy to kind of move forward and give all of the kind of existing pieces and anchor in the realms. Now they have, and I think to the point that we're all kind of feeling is that there's everywhere that they have to can go. Like they can move forward. They can move backwards. We can spend some time in the age of myth. We can spend some time, you know, in the, in the future, whatever the next thing's called. And we may go back to the age of myth to pick up some things and bring them to, you know, where they're at now. And you remember when the game sort of released, people were sort of bemoaning the fact that there were all these sort of gaps and holes in the story. And there's like, oh, they would complain that there's not much there. But it, mm-hmm. it seems almost like it was intentional now that as time has progressed, we can go back and fill those holes that people were missing. And you you didn't want to cement all those holes day one because it meant you, you were going to sort of lock yourself in and maybe – less than uh, particularly interesting stories. Who knows? I don't know, maybe. But the fact that we can sort of make use of the stuff that we know now to then retroactively fill those spots means that I think you probably have a, a richer narrative than had you just cemented everything at the time, you know, in 2015, um, which I think is for the better, or I hope it is anyway. So. And and to that point, I mean, even, <laughs> even, if, uh, even if it wasn't really intentional to leave that space there, I think it's really impressive that GW is sort of given themselves that space to be able to do that and realize that by having holes, they actually had something that they could work with and turning it into a positive rather than a negative. I'm going to say that uh, for me, as far as the setting is concerned at this moment, it feels like we're standing on top of a cliff. We have no idea what's going to go on ahead of us, right? But when you look back, you have an idea of what's already happened. And that's an amazing place to be. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Phil's, like, mention of how it's cool that they're finding ways to use the the uh gaps that existed like one of the always one of the most appealing things about lore in this game has been when they have those narrative hooks right they're there they haven't fully fleshed this out it's there for you to build off of things it's there for them to build off of too so like they left enough narrative hooks behind for themselves to jump in and use them as well as obvious yeah coming off of the bone reapers episode 
listening to that and kind of being in this place, it makes me want to go back and try and redo the Pantheon episode oh, yeah. um, because we get out to the edge of the realm yeah. and we get a description of what it means to have that kind of endless possibility and creation happening. Sure. And that's where we're at with, with Age of Sigmar and with Games Workshop. Well, and when we're going into Warcry and Underworlds, right? Warcry is an expansion of one of those holes that just yeah. packs it full of new information, new lore, mm -hmm. and really increases the depth of understanding that we have. And then for Underworlds, we've ended up moving out of the gloaming and into the realm of beasts, right? That has started to move forward from what we thought was the entire existence of that game. And so it's not even just AOS that really has given us this feeling of fulfillment and looking forward. But I feel like all the properties that are associated with this right now are really just gathering steam sure. and going to go full steam ahead. I mean, as, as uh, you know, Phil and I are obviously real invested in the Underworlds thing, it was really awesome to see uh, the City of Shadespire pop up again and again in the lore and then like a crucial component. Um, we, you know, we, we talked uh, about the, the Josh Reynolds novel, right? Um, mm -hmm. And it felt like, hey, this is, this is momentous. And it, it, it made it feel like this isn't just a, a side game. It felt like this is a, a part of the bigger AOS universe, which was, which was cool. Well, and now it, it's a part of the bigger AOS universe, and the the foundations of it are now expanding into the AOS universe. It's not sure. self contained, right? Like yeah. it's it, it it itself is growing. Um, with with Beastgrave, obviously, is the reference. Um, so that's very cool as well. Yeah, yeah, integrating all the different aspects together. Well, let's since we're talking Underworld, let's congratulate uh, Davy and Phil on one year of uh, putting out biweekly episodes. Oh, thank you. Congratulations, no, you you, yeah. you poor poor guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a couple of things I just want to say. Is one, um, you know, not only did you step out and do something new, uh, but I think you you were very intentional about creating something that had a different. I don't know. Try to experiment with that quality level, bringing in guests. Kind of uh, having drawing more into the community, the underworlds was trying to build something that was growing and connect into it, um, and and obviously bring somebody in as amazing as Phil to kind of up our DNA pool Taking here, a bit of gene risk pool. There. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, how's it been uh, on your guys's end uh, getting into that? Uh, it's been really great. Um, I had not had any experience with recording or podcasting or anything before did. this <laughs> so it was like cool i can learn this whole new thing and there's no real expectation or at least i didn't have any for myself uh Davey, that's not what you Davey. said <laughs> uh, and and yeah um i i know kind of, uh maybe there was some sort of podcasts before but other than uh the uh Steel City Underworlds? Uh, no, 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 no. Claim, Claim the, the City. city. Claim yeah. the City um, was well, sort of the, or, the, yeah. the original. Um, and they had sort of decided they were going to close down right around the time that Davey wanted to get started. So um, we had kind of a wide open field to just go at it. And uh, it's it's been great to have the community be as receptive as they have and uh, for people to continue to build on that and keep adding there's now like six or seven underworlds podcasts that you can listen to can i can i tell a, a, a slightly embarrassing story off of that of uh of a jo <laughs> about join joining the team uh i remember when i was just uh i was in the phase where i was just playing games against a few of you i played davy i played eric and i'm like i was talking to my wife and i was just 
So I was trying to find more people to play with. And I'm like, hey, I met these guys and they, they, they play, they play really good paintings, they paint all their minis. Um, I'm really excited. And they're also on this podcast and I'm like secretly trying to get on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I think I'm a few years out. I just got to like eat, just, I got to be cool. I got to play it cool. And then maybe, and then like Eric starts sweet, texting sweetie, me. Sweetie, be cool. Sweetie, be cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Turns <laughs> out the opposite was true. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, and then, uh, Eric starts like messaging me on Discord, but like, it's really like, uh, I don't Creep, know what the right creepy. word. Yeah. Well, it doesn't. <laughs> yes, but also like it's like uh, I wasn't sure what he was talking about. And he's like, "Hey, do you want to help?" And it was like not specific to what about what my help would be. I'm like, yeah, "Sure, creepy. I would love to help." Also trying to play it cool. Like and then I uh, yeah, then I got to write on the podcast. I'm just I was glad, like, "Yes, it's happening." I'm just glad I did texting it. Texting doesn't uh, yeah. belie the heavy breathing part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was kind of awkward. He so kept yeah, calling you the Queen of Quads. And being like nobody even knew what that was. Hey, it stuck. So I wasn't all wrong. I mean, I just don't skip leg day. <laughs> Let's also say uh, you were not the only person to do that. I mean, I was on before you were, but that was definitely something I was doing. Would be like, I want a podcast. Hey, you guys are in Madison, and like totally was like, hey, I gotta be cool, and I gotta like yeah. you know really settle down here. Yeah, like sure, um, whatever. You know, if you need me, you know, I can come on. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I had, had to pay me. Yeah. <laughs> I'd also like to highlight though that uh, what the heck's not only have you guys done an amazing podcast that you've been doing it for a year, but like. You've gotten some incredible hardware along the way as well and, like, really developed your reputation. And, like, for me, who's perennially on the bottom of the barrel for Adepticon, <laughs> it's, it's kind of impressive to see you guys go out and do this incredible stuff. So, congrats. Thanks, man. Uh, Paven, I, I remember our first game, and uh, it was I, – I didn't know you from anybody else, you know, like, put, putting stuff down. And uh, I kind of scoped – what you had, I think I may have brought two armies or something like that, but I, I scoped and like, I, I'd come up, come that day and I was like, I'll bring something all painted just because I don't know who I'm playing. It'd be, it's cooler to bring it painted. And I saw all your stuff came up and I was like, whew, cool. And then as I'm deploying it, you're like, hold on, what's that guy's name? I was like, oh, all right. But all I think right. was, I like, I was like, this is the army. I have an answer for all this. Like, I, I have, and it was from, you know, I haven't even asked you that before. <laughs> I was like, this is cool. Like, this is super cool. And like, you're, so you're, in this, in this like one-off game, you're super invested in the story. Like, you know, what's this guy's deal? Oh, is you know his name is uh, Frostel. Like, why is he called that? And I was like, and I was I was proud of myself to be able to answer these questions. Um, but I was like, this is this is a cool dude that uh, that wants to know the answers to these questions. So. Although Paven did just reveal that he'd been stalking us for the year prior, so. Maybe he already knew that. Yeah, like I, like I bought my army off eBay, and like I was just like, oh, I know, I know, Davy likes like when people ask him the name of his guys. Oh God, now he knows my address. Oh <laughs> uh, no, no, no! So uh, another fantastic thing. I started off the year um, with the white dwarf uh, and the new updated skirmish rules for 2.0, and I was feeling kind of low. Yeah, I remember that. You were, yeah, you were bummed because I. We had put a lot of time into skirmish and trying to help just kind of make it more of what we were looking for. And that was hard. And it was hard to keep up with. And I was just like, wait, but we, we're not getting more time. Yeah. <laughs> we're, but we're not getting, we're not getting something real cool. And then, uh, not, not but eight months later. <laughs> well, about six months later, we start, we start hearing the, the, the drums, uh, for the release of their new skirmish game. Uh, which was Warcry, mm -hmm. uh, and that was a pretty big deal to launch um, a second, a, a third big AOS property. Sure, 
a, to, tent, a tent pole to yeah. e- to to rival Kill Team, which had been a really successful launch for 40k. Yeah. And I think I think part of the the initial like I'm ready to buy into this or just give it like 100 percent of my attention had to do with that feeling of like they gave us a real serious go at this, a real huge launch yeah. on this game for like a, a property that we enjoy with AOS and uh, with a skirmish level game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, anybody else have any uh, echo that or, or have uh, any other ideas on? Yeah, I on- think it's pretty cool. Next topic. Sure, it was nice of them. Well, yeah, and that's yeah. a right. song. I, I, uh, I'm just really glad that they kept trying like yeah. so skir- the first iteration of skirmish was pretty bare bones and they're like well here's this thing that you can do for really small games but it basically didn't have much rules and then they're like here's this firestorm thing here's a campaign rule set for this try that out it's still supposed to be smaller but it's not skirmish so let's try something new and then that didn't really work out and they're like well here's updated skirmish rules and then they're like all right i think we got it yeah try this war cry thing i know it's been a bit of a bumpy road but i'm sure you're gonna like this and now everybody's like freaking out about it. well like josh said they sold what did you say a year's worth of stuff in a couple like, months yeah, like a month or two yeah yeah well and just i mean to your credit eric as well i mean we did the skirmish campaign right the four of us and kenny also were going around doing this campaign and we were excited about it but we were still talking about it on the mortal realms Right, but you like caught a whiff the fact that like this war cry thing was coming out, and it was going to be skirmish, and you're like, I'm all over this, yeah. right? Like this is what I'm going to do, and we're going to start a new podcast, and we're just going to like embrace everything about this game and just go forward. I'd already had the vein tapped, so yeah, I needed something to go in. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, it could have been anything, and you would have been on it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so it, it has been impressive to see that as well. Like, I mean, like I mean, for the the mortal realms, yeah. we had one podcast, and now there's three. Yep. And they're all doing great and going from strength to strength as far as I'm concerned. Well, again, I mean, uh, you know, Davey and, and Phil kind of led the way or kind of made it like a visual like, hey, this is possible. We can we can add to this. We can try some new things. And, I mean, we were all getting bored of hanging out with Aaron all the time. That's true. Uh, <laughs> I mean, are, you guys are coming back, right? Well, yeah. uh, oh. Are you going to get uh, more cheese dip every anyway. time? I mean, but when, when it was – That's it, a dollar. When it was even just like a, a whiff on the air, um, you know, we put together kind of a plan of like, could we even fill out more than two podcasts or two episodes or three episodes worth? And it looked like it. And, uh, you know, it was, it was an easy, uh, having played, uh, more with Pave and played more with Josh. Um, it was easy to kind of put it out there to you guys and some others like, Hey, do you want to help? Not sure what yeah. we were asking for help with because we didn't know. Exactly who is going to uh, work out. But I kind of think of it as we were invited to come on once and then never left. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you allowed me to say my name. I'm here. To, to be fair, you haven't been asked to leave. <laughs> Audibly. Um, but, but I also say, I mean, uh, you know, while, while we've added some new faces, uh, you know, we haven't done this sort of episode. I mean, if anybody isn't clear, uh, Aaron brings a ton of stability to the Mortal Realms uh, story phase, making it so that a lot of us can jump in and out as our schedules allow, as as the material is compelling or work steals us away. I'll do it by myself if I have to. Yeah, okay. And that's what we're counting on. <laughs> Glad you said it and we didn't have to ask. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, so, 
we've all done a, a lot of, well, at least I have done a lot of congratulating you guys on doing a great thing, right? <laughs> okay, congratulations. Uh, great congratulations. Job, Paul. Paul. <laughs> I was going to say, so let's transition into like what really gave us the passion about this, right? Like the models that have come out of GW this year have just been absolutely jaw dropping and stunning. Um, and there is a, a lot to be said for what has shown up. I mean, Warcry, when we saw those models come out, it was literally mind blowing to see what they could do with their design and the flexibility yeah. and dynamic nature of those models. Same thing for Underworlds. Like we're just seeing some absolutely incredible stuff come out. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to me to have been in this hobby for like 20 years and to be able to sustain that level of passion, not because I'm like, oh, this is the best thing ever, but because it just keeps getting better, right? If I were still playing with the same old 5th edition Hunchback Chaos Warriors, I wouldn't have that passion to keep going, right? But that's what I started with. But every year it gets better and better. And this year I feel like we just took five or six years of development and just threw it into a single year. And with the Battle Tomes, with the the other games coming through, we literally have had four or five years of content slammed into one year. Mm -hmm. And that's been an amazing process. So, And and for the last five years, it's felt like a ramping up to that. So, I mean, we've had, it feels like we've had, you know, eight years of, of content in the last five years. Mm -hmm. Um, So so what's what's the ratio on that? I'm just kidding. You brought us here. What's your favorite mini last year? Uh, I have a really hard time with that. Um, because there were not very many spiders released. There were no spiders released, really. I mean, uh, like uh, there was dead ones on the back of those uh, snufflers, which is cool. It's definitely cool, but they're dead, so you know I have a harder time with that. Um, I, I don't know. It's just there, there's been so many things. Nothing has grabbed me specifically. I really like the squigs. Um, they've done a really good job with that. The mango squig in particular, um, but they haven't like glommed onto me. I mean, I have a whole army coming for me for Christmas, so let's not be completely uh, (laughs) showing off here. But there's just been a lot of everything coming out. Uh, If I had to pick one, um, I'd probably just say the Corvus Cabal box. Right? Like, there's been some just fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. I did buy it first, so I get some. (laughs) Um, uh, The Shadow Piercer in general is just I mean, for somebody who's literally just taking a step forward, has so much emotion, so much presence, and just blew me away. Super solid choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. My uh, my favorite model revealed, anyways, for the Mind Stealer Spherex. Just uh, really dynamic faces. This sounds like it's going to have a lot of unique gameplay in the Slaves of Darkness as well as, as Warcry itself. But if I have to pick one that's out this year, it would probably and you be do. Yeah. <laughs> the Cypher Lord Thrallmaster, I think he's got a lot of character. He's got this hidden third arm behind his cloak that, you, you know, holding some bottles that you don't know unless you get up close and personal to the model. Does he really so have he, a third arm? He does. I he's the only that. one with the mutation. Yeah, that's it's, crazy. It's, it's, it's pretty sweet. Wild. But yeah, it's, it's that subtle hints of uh, chaos influence is fun. Yeah. For my pick, uh, for best best miniature 2019, um, <laughs> I'm going to have to go with uh, the Keeper of Secrets. Oh, you uh, yeah. oh, that's yeah. a good one. Uh, yeah, I didn't know if I was, you know, depending on how the order was going to go, yeah, if I was going to get that one. But uh, yeah, it's a great. It's a it's one of the ones that got revealed, and it's just like, wow, that's a that's a, they did a phenomenal job updating like a very old sculpt in that that demon model. And bringing it into kind of their new standards of like detail and quality. Mm-hmm. And I think they also had like, they had a lot of things to think about when making that model, like yeah. being true to kind of the the past and yeah. like being, you know, and not 
you know, it has a lot of the, the, that model. That range has a lot of fans and a lot of history. And you have to like kind of keep that in mind, but also update it. And there's a lot of ways to do it in a very, I think, a cringy or like kind of a non, but probably an artistic direction that I wouldn't appreciate. And I wouldn't like to go on like a lot of other companies do. And they, but they were able to make it like both sensual and terrifying and uncomfortable, but didn't, you know, didn't actually end up in like a weird sexist place, Menacing which I think was graceful. totally on the table. Like they they, they yeah. did such a great job with it. Yeah. 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 I had to say, like, being in the Adepticon reveal for when that model was revealed was just like, it was like the air was sucked out of the room when they showed that model. Then all of a sudden it was just like, everybody went crazy. That was so, such an amazing yeah. model. Yeah. And I, I wasn't at Adepticon, but I, when I remember, I remember getting the video online. And, uh, mm-hmm. funny story, like, uh, me and my buddy, we like send those, uh, things back and forth. Like, uh, like when things get revealed, like, oh, check Letters? this out on the messenger. Oh. oh. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but I, and, and for that one, I actually accidentally sent it to my mom. Cause I was like, <laughs> and I'm like, sorry, mom. <laughs> like, and that's why you, it was, <laughs> you were happy that it wasn't too cringy. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. What are you <laughs> doing, son? She's like, I mean, she's an artist. She was like, oh, that was cool. <laughs> That's crazy. Thanks, That's mom. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Topic for this week's therapy session. <laughs> How would you feel? Uh, man, there have been so many. I honestly don't remember which ones were all released this year, but <laughs> yeah. read real fast as he yeah. scrolls through uh, the well, spreadsheet. But but um no, I really enjoyed Catacros, even though I have no interest in that army. Is just like, wow, you can take what is kind of a static pose that you wouldn't necessarily think is like, because a lot of the new models are much more dynamic. Um, and you're like, well, why are they making this very static model? But because of sort of the scene that it sets in, in the way they present him, it's like, wow, this guy just exudes this sort of ruthless strategic um, sure. mind. Well, let me build off that for mine because that, I had that as kind of like a, a, a set in there so catacross but then uh going back to underworlds because where we're coming from uh enric ironhale is the yeah. uh uh like uh mini mini gun the um machine gunner from the uh dwarves he's reloading uh he's got a little pipe in and then they got um Ushkor, uh is the uh, beastman that came out with beast grave uh one, one of the ungores and he's got a bunch of arrows in his teeth and he's drawing a new arrow it's these, it's these sort of like non-combat poses. Um, so like all the, all the staff, I mean, that's what got me about Catacross was like, it breathes so much life. Like I've seen a lot of like, here's a guy charging, here's a guy swinging an ax, here's a guy leaping or whatever. And those are cool. Those are dynamic, but it, uh, there's a, there's a level of life that's breathed into the age of Sigmar world. When you have these figures that are doing things that are non-combatant, but that you can picture them doing like it just, it, it brings the world to life more for me than almost anything else. So those, those figures like the ones I mentioned that are doing things, uh, that make them feel alive. Like that's thumbs up all the way. Sure. This guy. Yeah. I have to say that, um, building off of that, uh, just the pensive stances, right? Like the ones that, I mean, they, they project an aura of superiority, just of, I don't even have to pay attention to the enemy right now. Like I can see what's going on. Because I feel like I stand like that all the time, but you don't notice. <laughs> but you're not fighting against me. I mean, verbally you no. are, but like... I, I mean, mean, he is, though. That's, that's, that's again, you're, I mean, not just, you're just not getting it. <laughs> uh, and, and I think that's the step forward that we've seen in a lot of the miniatures this year, is we've seen a lot more of these pensive, brooding miniatures that don't have to be 
maybe, leaping forward. Yeah, you like know? a little more freedom to design it um, mm-hmm. some different ways. Sure. Um, yeah, to yeah. Uh, crap all over that. Um, I my <laughs> actually honestly my favorite is the Keeper of Secrets too. But uh, <laughs> I'll, my second favorite I think is maybe the the Wild Hunt um, range as a whole. Um, I, I'm a historic Wood Elf player. Uh, from 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 on back the in historic the historic register. Yeah. Just, yeah, no, it's, I mean, look, look it up. My name's there, um, and to see it, it's great because it's a, it's a snapshot into what may may come, or honestly, what may never come. It's it's a hearkening back to that old wood elf range. Um, it has it ties of like the war dancers and um, I, I guess like the centaurs. It's is its own thing, um, but it it gives me hope for the direction that they can move forward with and how they can call back to the past and also move forward in a new direction. We see a lot of that with a lot of the other ranges as well. They take a, an interesting component, maybe an older army, like your daughters or your fire slayers, um, and re-envision it and expand that out and break it out um, into a much larger range, like the night haunt even. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if they can do that with my wood elves and, and bring, like pull out a, a core component of it and make it into something new, which I think they did with the wild hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see where that goes. It gives, it gives me sort of that, uh, that hope the f- for the future. Yeah. And one of the other things they did was not only did they take those like fifth ed war dancers and bring them roaring back into AOS, right? But they also took some of the unit choices. They used to have a Beastmaster entry mm-hmm. in their army as well. And they brought that in with uh, the lion uh, that they have in that set as well. And the attention to detail, like the almost reverence for the source material that you can see coming through in these sculpts is yes. a lot of fun. And the reason I say it dumps out Dave's answer in that, like, they're, they're all movement, right? Like, the whole, the whole range is, is almost all of them are really, like, very fluid, very motion like. And if you're going to harken back to that old war dancer, no, no war dancer sitting still, right? Sure. And so, like, he's going to be constantly. I mean, no complaints. Them. I mean, they, the two feet off each other, like having the cool static pose, but having, like, they do motion and, I mean, that was, I think, maybe the very first episode we did of the Mortal Realms. I, I talked about how much I like the uh, Blood Reavers because it's the first time we saw those. And I was like, they have so much movement. Like, it's amazing to me. And and they've continued to do that. They've found a way to do that. Uh, and sometimes it's about uh, breaking out of your sure. ranks. Well, that's the thing is they've always, I think, not always, but they've been doing movement very well for a, a while now. So, yeah. to your point, like, to have them break back to the static uh, um, can help. And that's, I mean, that goes with, um, I mean, armies when they can have that. Uh, a range of sizes, if they can have a range of moods, if they can have a range of those things, that's great. My favorite model, it's going to be weird, uh, the Plains Runner of the Dogs <laughs> oh, of War. Of course. Um, partially because they're just, they're probably one of the smallest models to come out. They're small, they're hunched, they're like ready to like spring left or right. Um, and they're, they've got a bunch of like fiddly little like, you know, leather straps and, you know, uh, you know, hair tufts and all this kind of stuff, but they're just, they feel so characterful and they feel so like, uh, like they've been through a lot already. Um, and if I were to pick a second, it would move beyond models. Oh, <laughs> oh, do it. being last means you get to take seconds before you get to everyone change. Else. You always have no. to one up everybody. <laughs> nice to Eric. No, this is my rule. If, if you're at a holiday p- potluck, you go last because you can get seconds at the fr- same time. It's, it's good. Uh, the terrain that's come out this year. Oh, yeah. The that's terrains, true. uh, not just, Starting with uh, the Warcry starter set stuff with the, the the graded windows and all that kind of stuff, but the storm vaults and uh, they had put out like the Azerite ruins the year before, but they felt less meaningful than they do this year. Um, and so being able to put out that township and build those up, uh, and and then with that, I think is the the terrain that have come with the different armies as well as the endless spells. Like I feel like I'm 
Like, nope, I don't play that army, but I'm taking that over here. Um, I, I'm going to do a, a bonus round, favorite piece of terrain. Uh, so I'm going to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump to Aaron. Uh, I'm thinking the the new Wildwood. I'm, I forget what the name is for it, but um, I, if for no other reason, I like the creativity of the fact that it literally covers like the same footprint as the old Wildwood, just so they wouldn't take anybody off. Um, but I, I don't know. I just like the trees. Um, I don't really even play Sylvaneth, though I have some of them. Um, and I, I, I liked the the appeasement uh, behind uh, doing it. But like so much of the terrain is is awesome, and I know this because I have it all. I'll go with the Fire Slayer Forge. It's cool to see some Duarden architecture in the uh, in the Mortal Realms. We haven't seen that for a while, so that was pretty. Was Question pretty for you: How do you think the Fire Slayers get it to every battlefield that they Don't go care. to? <laughs> I actually heard somebody talk about even yeah. in Old War, they'd build their forges there on the battlefield so that they could uh, hammer out their weapons and do that kind of stuff. So the, doesn't Blimey. it shoot out of the ground? I thought stole so. My yeah. stole I mean, there, there is there is some background behind it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that makes were, sense. But. I mean, like the anvil of power in the old world, they used to mm-hmm. carry yeah. around, plonk down. So, history of bringing anvils to the battlefield for sure. So, I I'm gonna kind of cheat. It's not terrain, eh. but no. but <laughs> uh, I thought that the the first endless prayers that we ever saw, the corn ones, Ooh. were amazing, yeah. especially the skulls uh, <laughs> <laughs> with the bleeding, the like crying. Skulls, yeah. It's just like, oh, oh, what is this? (laughs) What I've liked that they've done, and this isn't maybe quite an answer, is I really like the Ravaged Lands box sets. Mm. It felt like a really great Mm. way to like kind of package up a bunch of terrain in a kind of cohesive product. Mm -hmm. In a way, it wasn't just like, oh, you buy this and then like 10 other pieces, then you have an Age of Sigmar table. It's like, no, you just buy this one box and then you have like the cards, you have the tokens and you can play like many, many different games of Warcry with different setups and, and, and it felt like very manageable. And that's kind of what I did. I like, I didn't, hadn't painted very much terrain, but I bought one of those boxes, painted up and I feel like I have my own little yeah, world you know, of the realms. Yeah. Yeah. I can think, you know, people can come over to my house and I can show them true hospitality, which is fully painted work right Yeah. Terrain. We're, we're also nice. Uh, I think in terms of favorite terrain pieces, I really like the Stormbolt series. You know, they kind of came out with several different formats, and then again, like the Shattered, you know, the uh, Realms box sets, which is easy for me to get into. But there's just so many different ways to add that and combine that, especially with the designers coming up with tips on how you can combine sets. Yeah. I think it's been really awesome for all of them. And you did some amazing work uh, magnetizing yours, right? Yeah, so well, I, I got some inspiration from some other people out there, but yeah. Actually, uh, could, could I send you with my stuff, and could you just magnetize it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I'll tell you what, you, get, you can take one piece, don't tell me which, just take one piece out of the set as like payment. Yeah. <laughs> I saw how many sets you got. <laughs> I would have no idea. That's not you, I absolutely would know. Um, uh, I'm going to go with the Bell Tower from the Warcry starter set. Uh, that is just a great kit. Centerpiece, um, yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful centerpiece that really adds a ton of atmosphere and character to the set. Um, and it, it's also just a great focal piece to be able to put miniatures on and to have them interact with it. So, um, in particular, the, the, the stairs that you're able to slide the model's bases into to have them kind of climb, like, that was a brilliant, uh, design choice there. So that was fantastic. Um, mine, there's been a number, the the one that I'm eager to get next is probably the gnaw holes. Um, because it was this, uh, ability to kind of create these, um, it's this kit that is, has these rocky kind of outcrops and, and holes in the middle. And it has all this, um, like ramshackled wood, like over the top of it. But, uh, long time ago, they had these craters 
uh, that were a cool terrain piece or whatever that had. And I feel like these could be something like that. Like you can use them as craters. You can use then the, the scaffolding on top for something else or build some other platforms or whatnot. So that's the one I'm interested in next. And I thought it was so cool to bring the Skaven gnaw holes and their ability to get anywhere mm-hmm. has always just been in our imaginations and to have that on the table and be able to model that. And it has just been, I, I just was excited to see that when that came out. I don't play Skaven at all, but I love having the gnaw holes be a thing. So, um, all right. That's that. Now. Now? Now. Now? Thank you, everybody, for sharing your best of the past. Kicking us off into the future, uh, Paven has a new game for us, a new new thing that we're going to get started. Who knows if we're ever going to do it again? Our first annual. First annual. Uh, first yeah. biannual. So I'm going to kick it off, Paven. First triannual. Tell us what we're going to do next. Welcome to the 2020 Age of Sigmar narrative fantasy draft. <gasps> Yeah. So we were talking a lot about like kind of how we feel like we're on the precipice of something big and maybe the Age of Sigmar universe is pregnant with possibilities. Yes. Well, now it's time to like put your stake in the ground and see who can assemble the best narrative team for 2020 going into mm. it. Okay. So the rules are it's going to be a simple draft system. We're going to do three rounds. And we're going to draft the character that we think in the next calendar year is going to have the biggest impact on the narrative on the Age of Sigmar narrative universe. So I've already pre-generated the pick order, um, and so with the first pick in the draft, Phil, I'm going to go with Teclas. All right, so that's You've the first already, pick, right? Already swipe one. That do you I require any? Yeah. Do you require any justification for these? No, picks? yeah, no. Please give us some justification. Oh uh, well, so I think I think we've sort of had rumblings of Hish being the next realm that's going to have to have something, and I'm I'm pretty sure that we've heard that it's going to be elves. And Teclas has already had one completely failed race of uh, elves that he's created in the mortal <laughs> realm, so why not two? Yeah, mm-hmm. listen what to I, that venom. No. Yeah. I, this this is my co-host. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys hard. Um, He's on your team now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and at the end of Forbidden Power, actually, he sort of sco- he like stomps off, and he's pretty upset, like with Sigmar, and he's like, "Oh, well, I'm going to take care of, like matters into my own hands," sort of thing. So I think it's a safe, safe pick. So you jerk for picking him. Please go ahead, Paul. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to be a bit controversial here and see how Why? this flies. Well, the it's with the I'll be the judge, right? Yeah. I I don't want to go with Teclas. I want to go with Teclas' named Teclis champion already picked. in the Battle Tome. <laughs> so the unnamed special character who is going to be the champion of Teclas. I'm going to oh. go with him as the mover and shaker for let's, next year. Let's pitch this to the judge. Yeah, what do you think? You don't know this person. You cannot draft him. <laughs> so, all right. So then I would motion that Phil... Motion denied. <laughs> well, that Phil's pick includes Teclas and the champion, right? Sure. Because otherwise we're going to end up with possibly nobody getting anything. If You're completely could. derailing this game, Paul. <laughs> it only took two picks and we're already done. I'm going to go with Malarian. Pick two. Why Malarian? Uh, because he's crazy. Uh, he had a lot of agency in the old world, and I don't think he's lost that in AOS. Hmm. Yeah. And Shadow Demons. Shadow Demons. Jazz hands. <laughs> I want to hear Paven's pick. Oh, I gotta go to I gotta go to my my spreadsheet. Oh man, oh, my yeah. sheet to win. My twenty one yeah. uh, character deep. Oh, do you do you want me to pull with, it up for you? With my third pick, <laughs> I'm going with the prince, the dark prince, 
God, yeah. chained up himself. So terrible going. Semi- you know, the, the rumors <laughs> of his demise were greatly, uh, greatly exaggerated. Slanesh. Mm-hmm. I know, but uh, it, he, we, I think we're all kind of betting on a similar strategy here. That it's we're going to get a big hish Slanesh breaking out of the change. The elves are going to come out of the gates. I think Slanesh yeah. is going to have a big yeah. year this year. You guys are so smart. <laughs> S- <laughs> so smart, guy. You got to flip the script on them. You got to flip the script. Oh, yeah, watch this. <laughs> In four more picks. We need more buzzwords. More buzzwords. Um, all right, so if it's my pick, uh, I have no doubt that that's going to happen, but I think you guys maybe named the big, the movers and the shakers in that realm. Um, I think I'm going to go with Catacros mm-hmm. in that we know that he's already knocking on uh, Arcan's doorstep in the eight points. Um and so I don't know what's going to come of that. I hope it's if if they're going to continue the storyline from you know one leads into the other. I would like to think that then Catacross is going to have this this major part to reveal the next part of what the story is going to be. So that's where my expectation uh, leads. Yeah, and I think I think uh, based on those similar lines, I'm going to have to pick Archeon, the ever chosen. You know, new slaves to darkness book out. <laughs> Catacross coming to the eight points. War cry. You know, lots of uh, interesting expanding war bands. He's going to have some uh, a big impact this next year, I think. He's going to have some big plays. Big plays. Vandis Hammerhand. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> this is the worst game ever. <laughs> bad pick. Bad pick. <laughs> he was at the gates of his ear. He was uh, up against Archeon. And uh, now that every uh, all most of the major players are out, and uh, stomping around, I think it's time for Vandis to come out and uh, actually hit this time. Uh, so whether he hits Catacross, whether he hits uh, Archeon, uh, maybe he's coming out bigger and stronger. Um, that could mean new model, but it just could could just mean story. All right, um, all right, Davy, you got the the seventh and the eighth pick in our draft. The what most important picks of the draft. So <laughs> turn this around. Yeah, yeah this is this is dire. Um, it is not great. Uh, Let's see. Um, got a good suggestion for you, but I can't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have two more picks. <laughs> There's got to be a worse team. Um, I am going to go. This is going to be embarrassing because I do. I have to remember his exact name. A hundred percent. Yeah, you have to know their name. Well, it says the guy who's looking at a spreadsheet. You could have come with a spreadsheet. Uh, I'll go with the Steel Soul. Gardas. Oh wow! Yeah. All right. Bad pick. Uh, who is he? <laughs> who is he? There's like, there's like eight gods left. <laughs> well, so sorry, he's got a lot of books. Uh, Gar- Gardas oh, Steel yeah. Soul. He is. Uh, uh, we know that uh, Josh Reynolds is working on another book in the uh, in the uh, Steel Souls Hallow series. Knights. Hallow Knights. Yep. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we still don't have a uh, Lord Commander. No one has been picked for any of those of any of the uh, any of the storm hosts. Uh, and if you're looking at two, so my pick was going to be Vandis Hammerhand. He was cruelly snatched away from me, uh, and, so, <laughs> and also from the mortal realms via Arcan's hand. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and so uh, and so, I'll go Steel Soul as the as a um, next possible candidate for that role. And I say this because I wanted to pick a, a Stormcast. And this is why you're wrong about it being a bad choice. We did not see very much of the uh, Stormcast in uh, 2019. 
Yeah, so, I think it's possible. Like Gabe's workshop is just like, no, we're not, we're not really into it anymore. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna quit yeah. that one. <laughs> That's super yeah, possible. Payton, <laughs> look behind you. We're just gonna hang these guys. So, I think, I think uh, Stormcast. We're gonna see some more of them in 2020, and I think uh, if I can't pick Vandis, I'll go Gardas. Sure, so sure. he's next on the board for me. And then as far as uh, I will pick a god because I got back to back choices. What's mm-hmm. up? Yeah, um, part of the snake draft. Yeah. Uh, so I will go with uh, Grungni, I think. Um, oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, he, I, I'd be interested to see if he has, I know that the overlords, uh, character and overlords have, uh, by and large, pursued science over um, over gods. <laughs> uh, but uh, if there's one that's associated with them, I, I think we're going there. So that's where I'm going. Yeah, good pick. Well, Eric, back to you. Now that I've got my second pick, we're coming hard with Gotrek Gurnison. Mm. <laughs> he's, he's got uh, two books in, and I think they're going to just keep running with this guy, and I think he's going to have an important po- place in uh, in the stories, whether he comes up against one of these gods or Catacross or something like that and knocks somebody's head off. So one of these books, and, we're going to see him hit somebody hard. And Eric, who is Gotrek? Uh, Gotrek is uh, one of only a few, one of only maybe one non-god uh, from the 8th edition Old World uh, to come into the Mortal Realms, looking for his friend Felix, uh, and he's gotten two books in this in this last quarter. Fair, awesome, great. Good pick. I want to hear Josh's pick. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Gordrak. <gasps> that yeah. was going to be my Dark Horse. Hey, you know, can you do that, that G-rated <laughs> version? Lots of off. good short stories about him collecting, you know, God Beast Skull to Battering Ram against, you know, some very, uh, well, with the intent to go fight Sigmar himself, <laughs> but going to go take on Excelsis. Yeah, so it should be pretty interesting to see what happens next. Here's why that's a good pick, uh, because Inside Scoop is that Josh Reynolds is working on the next Hallowed Knights book, and it's going to be, as far as I understand it, it's going to be destruction-focused, and if you're going to have a destruction-focused book, it's going to be Gordrak. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the that's the right answer. Um, oh, boy. Good choice. Goodness. All right. Who should, that was going to be mine. All right. I, my, uh, my pick is going to be the Celestin Prime. Uh, if you don't know who the Celestin Prime is, go read a book, because he's the, <laughs> he's the, he's the, the right-hand man of uh, Sigmar. He's, he's wheeled and Galmaraz. Um, he's kicking butt right up until he fights a Mortark who turns him into dust. So actually, he recently died. died. Get, yeah. I don't know if he's reforged yet, <laughs> but uh, shot off into Azir when he was trying to defend the Midnight Tomb under Lake Le- or, uh, under Lethus, which is next to Lake Lethus. Mortark uh, of Grief got him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so mm. she dusted him. Stone out. Cold. Yeah, he let Catacross out. So I, I reckon he's going to come back with a vengeance. Um, and I think he's got a he's got a grudge, not not unlike a dwarven gr- dwarven grudge, um, and uh, he's here to collect. What if he doesn't remember anything? Uh, well, someone will probably tell him. I think there were other people. There. Um, so I, I, I reckon uh, he's going to come back uh, better and stronger than ever. All right, there's, there's so many good picks left. Is that a shot at our picks? <laughs> I, I'm just spoiled for choice here, but I'm going to go, I'm going to stick to my list here, and I'm going to stick to my strategy, and I'm going to go with Tyrion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tyrion, part, yeah. of the, uh, part of the twin uh, elven deities that supposedly so rely, in, <laughs> that, that, um, that live in Hish, and uh, he was, you know, he comes from the old world, but he was reincarnated as a god, as a god of light, and I think he's going to actually have a bigger place to play than Teclas. Oh. Because um, I think Teclas got a shot. 
And he, yeah. you know, he took it with the Iden up deep can, and uh, I think <laughs> took it in the times, took it in, like man, it's never man, stopped just... him before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His MO was just to keep taking. Put me shots. in, coach. Yeah. I'm ready to play yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, the Tyrion, the uh, blind Elven god of Hish. Mm-hmm. That's my choice. Nice. All right, I'm gonna throw a curveball. Of course. Uh, I'm going to go with Brock Grungson, Lord Magnate of Barricknar. Mm. So this is a special character for the Caradon Overlords. He's got this super sweet custom uh, backpack. Endron rig. Uh, Endron rig. Uh, mm. So he he was a mover and shaker in the first Caradon Overlord book about how he's kind of overturning convention and really making things move forward. Uh, I have heard rumors of a new battle tome coming out. Had rumors that there might also be a new box set. Um, and I think it would be something like a good GW move to take a new character for a brand new army and shove them forward through the narrative and really start exploring these different areas. I mean, because of all of the ships and everything, the way the skyports work, I think they could go pretty much anywhere and do pretty much anything. And uh, being able to really engage in this Dwarden perspective, um, where it is newfangled and yet still sticking some old, old grudges, I think would be some really fertile ground to move forward the narrative. Cool. So I think Paul is the worst team so far. <laughs> <laughs> you expected me to have the best team? <laughs> okay. Whew, pass the paving test. Oh, my. <laughs> Therefore, I'm winning. <laughs> Just waiting to hear my third thing. Sorry, I don't know. Was, was this supposed to be very antagonistic? Because <laughs> it is. Why should it be all right, any different All right, Phil, we're back up to you. All right. So I get two and a pick. Two now, right? Yeah, you got two yeah. picks. Two all picks. Right. So 14 and 15. Maybe a little bit of a cop-out, but Zinch. Um, yeah. oh, one, because he's just involved in everything literally sure. all the time because he's already planned all of this everything from the, the beginning. Um, <laughs> but also because now that we've caught up with all the Chaos Gods... We should be seeing the cycle it's coming back around come again. Back around, I would assume either that or we get another corn book. But you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so Zinch, I think, is definitely going to be playing a part. Maybe not directly in the like main narrative, but he's always there. I mean, probably always, not directly. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, he never does anything directly. Yeah. Um, and then my other answer is not a specific character just because they don't exist as a specific character in the Uh-oh. story right now. Uh-oh. But Uh-oh. the Slon, I think, mm-hmm. as yep. a whole, sure. are probably going to be coming back. They're almost guaranteed to be getting a new book unless they've decided to drop them as an army altogether, which I think at this point is probably not going to happen. So we should be getting more background for them. I don't know if you can pick a whole race. Is I want to allow it. But there are, are no named Is characters. Croak or... Croak is still alive. So still alive. So no, he's definitely still dead. Well, <laughs> <laughs> correct. Correct. He's definitely still dead. He's definitely still he's not undead, dead. but kind of undead. Oh, man. Sigmar jokes are the best. Definitely definitely some of the, the slon. And All right. Slon. I'll put you down for Lord Croak. Sure. If, since he's... The rest of the room will support choice. you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to go with a deep cut for my third one because I do. Uh, I'm gonna he go keeps with... every single one pointing out to the, the left yeah. field. 
Exactly. And then striking out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Babe Ruth, I am not. How did you strike out in one swing? <laughs> Magic. He hasn't even pitched yet. Where are you going? I'm going with Dakala the Denied. Uh, this is oh, an old bro guy. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Dakala the Denied was a Slanesh champion in the old world. Um, there is a lot of mirroring with Marathi, its current form. Um, and she's got a lot of really interesting characteristics and history that I think would put her in a really interesting perspective, um, with Malarian's release and possibly moving forward. Um, I think there needs to be some agency with Malarian and Marathi. There needs to be something going on there where it goes back and forth. And with, um, Slanesh theoretically coming this year as well, there's a lot of fertile ground to be able to bring back uh, an old character or to envision a new one. Um, and I'm going to go with that. It did you, the- you could have just picked Marathi. Like, <laughs> but I don't think Marathi is yeah. going to have a ton okay. of agency. I don't okay. know. That's to me. They did the thing. What, what were the two or the, the core, the corn character that they just released one off? Like they've done it. Like they've pulled an old character back. What was that guy's? Uh, not Corvus. That hunt, hunt master hunt. What the, just this year? Karanak? Um, yeah, yeah just the special character chaos guy. Yeah, he's not, he's not, he's a bloodletter, but he's he's got the cl- oh. cape oh, with the all skull the skulls. Yeah, yeah, skull taker, right? So yep. they, there is evidence that they'll just one off, bring an old character back, and release a new skull. Sorry, mm-hmm. it's not impossible. I mean, it's impossible. It's but impossible, it's not, but yeah, completely. But will it affect the lore heavily in the same way that the skull taker did, which is nothing? Yeah. Paul's pick is so out there that I'll give him points even if it like she is mentioned. Yeah, they, yeah. They <laughs> I'll give him points if that's a real character. <laughs> it, they, they, they were mentioned in the the denied um, yeah. the audio drama that Reynolds mm-hmm. did. Or, All right, yeah, Reynolds did it. And I'll also point out that this was in the the speculation spectacular episode last yep. year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's sticking with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great Just let it ride. Yeah. Second year in a row. Right. Yeah. I don't, Slim pickets okay, ride the, that bomb all the way down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Doctor I don't know if this, Strange this love all it, the way. If this puts it in more stark relief, but for my 17th pick, I'm going to pick Sigmar. <laughs> Whoa. Who? Whoa. I, yeah. I'm sure that no one knows who that is. Please yeah. explain. Uh, Sigmar. Yeah, the God King Sigmar. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's a pretty big dude. He's on the box. All the boxes. Um, yeah, and I think he's going to do some stuff. Probably open up a storm host or a, a chamber again. Uh, but it's a big deal when he does. Um, yeah, I think Sigmar is going to have a big impact in the game Warhammer Age of Sigmar. So here's, here's the thing. Paven got his number one, two, and three pick this whole thing, no matter who did the snake. So that either means he's he's knows something we don't, or his also is like the second worst grouping because nobody else picked him. Wait, what? <laughs> because you had a, a free reign of all your, your top picks. Nobody else liked it. I don't know. If it, uh, right. No, I, I, I had Gordrak. Oh, okay, high. okay. You got, I think you got pushed. Yeah, yeah, that was a good all one. Right. That was a good one. Um, we'll Isaac. talk about who had the best and worst teams at the end, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so my third, the second worst teams. Um, I, since I am sort of miffed about not getting Gordrak, I think I'll do Gorka Morka as my second pick. Mm. Um, because, uh, I mean, he's he's been out... He seems like he's been out of the game a little bit. He doesn't get brought mm-hmm. up all that much. Even even with the what was the Gloom Spite release? I guess I haven't read the um the Orc Battle Tome yet, so I wonder how he plays in there. But at least from the lore perspective or the the greater story at large, um, I'm sorry, he's the he's the god of of beasts of the, of the realm of beasts. Mm-hmm. Um, two two gods joined into one Gork and Mork. Um, 
So I think he's due. Like it, it, it's only a matter of time. And I think they do a fairly good job of spreading out the different Grand Alliance like interactions over the course mm-hmm. of the year. So if you're going to get a destruction component at all, you're going to get you're going to get Gorkamorka. Well, I have to say he's probably one of the gods that we're missing half of. Right? We have brutal but cunning. We've had that for forever, but we're really not seeing cunning but brutal. Gloomspite? Destro- I don't think that the, the Gloomspite worship the, the moon, right? I don't know how you draw a distinction between God. those two things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought the joke was that they're the same. <laughs> oh, no, they're not the same at all. Oh. One pushes you three hexes and one... <laughs> <laughs> Josh, what do you got for us? I'm going to I'm gonna throw one out in the left field, too. Um... I'm going to go with Kurnos. We've seen the Kurnos. Damn it. What is going on? <laughs> Worst game in and the I, world. And I think, you know, with the Beast Grave hey, and Kurnothi. No way. That Kurnos, finally, with the, you know, the Kurnos Hunters and everything else, maybe we'll get to see some action from Kurnos. You're dead to me, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> well, just don't go last. Damn. <laughs> I can tell you what I was going to do. So. When I picked you for last, that was a big mistake, David. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> All right, I'll take, I can tell you what I was. I want to. I want to. I want to bring us back to a uh, little, a little known uh, god of death or undeath, and that's Nagash. Yeah, I don't so. think we're done what with him steal. yet. What a steal! What a steal! Can we just note the concession? I that thought was I was going to make it to Nagash because we've had big year, big two years with Nagash with Soul Wars and Forbidden Power with the Necroquake and what it's done like it's been a hit a huge impact um but i feel like lore i think there's more more to give here um in that as he's amped up and and wants more uh this war on souls is feels like it's his court that we're playing in uh gosh definitely mvp warhammer age of sigmar fantasy draft 2018 yeah, <laughs> yeah. and 19 yeah, he could yeah i think he's got more in the tank but i think yeah yeah. He's not over the hill. He's not. <laughs> Those knees got to still feel you years left. <laughs> hey, he's still got best rebounds. Because <laughs> all souls go back to him. Totally lost to these sports oh, yeah. analogies. <laughs> all right, Davey, final pick of the draft. Bring us home. Yeah, oh, if, I, if, I was, uh, if I was playing to the audience of one that is uh, PJ Shard, <laughs> I would say Zuva Scene. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Last scene at the end of. Uh, Shades At the fire. end of the Shades Bar, the, the Shattered City. I almost um, picked that. Did you? All right. There's uh, no way in hell. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not. Because, so apparently it was an audience there, too. To podcast. I, uh, I, I feel like, uh, I feel like uh, that. Right. There's lots of laughter. He never was, gives uh, his opinion that strongly. <laughs> <laughs> or that adversity. He's the call out. He's just like, whatever. Aaron's never the adversary. I feel like value on the 21st pick, I've got to go Alariel. And uh, that's my attempt to trump Kurnoth because I I would have uh, that's that was my cool sneaky ah look at me I'm so smart I picked it Kurnoth with the twenty one <laughs> no, nobody else could have thought of this except for Josh you son of a- <laughs> uh, and so yeah that's where I'm locking it in. What is it? all right all right all right who had who had the best team I think I had the best team for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm stacked for sure yeah. <laughs> So I think Josh had a good team until he picked Kurnos. <laughs> let's because uh, you don't know yet. What if we do it this way? If things play towards, Phil's got a good team too. The, I got two the, gods. The elf space. The the elves refinally revealing themselves. Uh, I mean, Malarian is a good pick. I agree. Phil Malarian's coming out too. Paul and Paven fit more in that space. After. Am I right? 
Yeah. yeah. I'm like yeah. all in on the the things happening in the in the gloaming yeah. Um, yeah. strategy. I was trying to be, but you guys were a bunch of jerks. So. <laughs> well, and, hard. I, and yeah. I think if things go more towards Archeon uh, and uh, maybe all points or or eight points um, space with maybe Warcry hints at that, maybe the new release of the Slaves to Darkness, if we hold off another year until the elves, yeah. then I think Josh... Uh, Eric and Davey have the most. Aaron's, I think, is the worst. No, if they if they go off into a uh, fan fiction, then Paul's got it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. If they, if they just open Black Library up to submit your own story, yeah. <laughs> he'll right. win because he'll submit all the stories. <laughs> all right. Uh, I think it's also worth talking about notable uh, uh, players that were left on the bench, including. Two chaos gods, both Corn and Nurgle. I guess uh, they were showing up. Yeah, yeah, they they had their moments. <laughs> their moments. I, I think so, the other one over. I was thinking about was Neferetta because I think now with so many yeah. death factions that they got to redo the vampires. Oh, you know? I think they're going to expand that <laughs> to some. Bomb. I have no Do hope. I have go? I have lost yeah. all hope. <laughs> so I think there might be an interesting conversation to be had here about the 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 way that the picks went. I'll down. be the judge of that. And we're talking about. Um, <laughs> We're talking about how the, if the elves go forward, so maybe we could just do a little bit of a recap into why we think the narrative is heading in that direction and what like hints that have been dropped down to make us think that, right? Like yeah. for the Catacross, the real simple thing is it's been talked about how he's going to the eight points, right? He's sending simple? through uh, one of his no, legions obvious. to the eight points. Um, <laughs> and Arcan uh, just got his book released, so it seems like a timely thing where you have two a brand new army and an older army rejuvenated to be able to send that narrative forward. The the counter to that is that it seems like the narrative push is in the spring. Mm-hmm. We release that new that's fair set, yeah. right? Whether not necessarily a starter set, but like they did the for, uh, the Forbidden Power this year with new terrain pieces mm-hmm. or whatever. That kind of sets the tone for the year. So I guess to your point of explaining, Paven, what do you, what? What caused you to kind of pick down that line? What do you think is – do you think that's all coming this uh, spring? Yeah, it seems – like we've been getting like head fakes in that direction for a long time. And I think it's just – it it feels like this is going to be the year. Um, like kind of these these light elves that they've been kind of talking about. Well, you know, just yeah. the Adepticon announcement is, you know, keep it – Hish, hish. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, light elves are coming. We know that. Oh, I forgot all about that. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're coming. Yeah. And it, it, it seems like they, they, they have so many narrative hooks and ties to Slanesh that it seemed like it would make sense for those two events to happen. At the same Literally time. Exactly. hooks and ties to the yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chains. Chains. Some might call them chains, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think there's one more there's one more really important kind of uh like battle line that's being drawn and it's heavily hinted at and that's the one we've talked about with Gordrak marching on Excelsis. Mm-hmm, that's sure. been brought up more than once. It seems like very a ripe space to revisit, and I think that's a, that's another good strategy that was explored during our draft. And I think yeah. that's one that's you know come up in multiple battle tones. It seems like they're really implying heavily here, and it'd be surprising if we didn't go there. Yeah, yeah. Goonspite like, gets, and then Gordrak, you know, the big mm-hmm. destruction push going forward. It yeah. Seems like. Uh, I I think the piece that hit me the hardest, besides the meta hints, is the the breaking of the penumbral engines, and that whole discourse around what those were. Mm. A gift from Teclas, broken by by Grungni, uh, used you know bastardized by Sigmar, improved mm-hmm. by Grungni, and or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and 
and I mean, it just yeah, that seems like that's the chamber loaded that I think you know to me yeah. hits the most at that at the else going. I'm actually a big Techless fan. I don't know if oh, yeah, I wanted to. Ooh, let's have this conversation. <laughs> that has to be one, right? Wow. That has to be one in every podcast. Well, and yeah. and so much of Soul Wars and Forbidden Power was based off of this. I mean, it was history is old now at this point, but the 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 fracturing of Nagash and Sigmar's relationship, and now at the end of Forbidden Power, we see that fracturing of the the yeah, Techless and Sigmar relationship. Like- so I mean, it, the story is repeating itself in just sort of a different way. Um, maybe that'll just be a trend across the horn. It's just that as everyone sort of separates and breaks out, out of that pantheon, <laughs> and then Sigmar has to make a brand new pantheon with Blackjack and uh, uh, um, and Zuvasin. Is Age of Sigmar just an allegory about how it's hard to keep friends except for when you play games together? Well, I mean, you're all in my house and I haven't played a game with any of you in forever. Yeah, but we're definitely not friends. (laughs) Like a kind of a colleague situation. Are we indentured? I mean, I email you all the time. I'd I'd be interested to see... I I mean, I'm just spinning off here, but since we're talking Pantheon stuff, I'd be interested to see, like, we, we've we seen that uh, core Pantheon, we we tend to think of things, because it's Age of Sigmar, in relation to uh, how are people tied to Sigmar. I'd be interested to see if there's anyone who breaks off and says, like, like it's it's me and Nagash now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Nagash pulls in one more. Or, you know, I, unlikely, Nagash is like a crazy, crazy egomaniacal, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it'd be interesting to see if there's, like, uh, Isn't some Sigmar? other... Yeah, I mean, but I mean, you got to be to be a god. Yeah, <laughs> but so I, I think there's I, we we're used to think about it in a particular way, and I'd be interested to see if they can like uh, you know splinter it off and make us think about it in a different way that we haven't before. Sure. That could be really cool in just terms of like a, a season where you have like epic tag teams. Yeah, uh, and and that's a source of coming up with either uh, small war bands or armies or something that are this kind of mix um and you know pokemon does it really well so like <laughs> I, th- I think uh one of the the cool aspects will be so slanish comes back this year you know how does that chaos pantheon interact with each other now it's like oh you know we've had so much power without our youngest brother around now now what's going to happen once he's back and how much power will he have well how that impact can't pantheon itself so, Paven, I think you've convinced me that Gordrak is going to be the mover and shaker going forward. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, that narrative hook <laughs> Not of by his pick. Moving <laughs> into Excelsis. I think it, it nails down a couple of things. I know I kind of said it offhandedly with Gorka Morka, but I think we are getting another destruction race, right? I think there's fertile ground there for that to be laid. I do think that Gorka Morka is going to go to Excelsis, and we're going to see that happen this year. Uh, and I think he, in order to get that narrative impetus, he's going to have another race to give him a, an edge into the the city of foretelling the future, right? He's going to need something other than just goblins and orcs okay. to be able to infiltrate and to be able to take down that city. So you think not just Gordrak's going to go, but Gorkamorka themselves is going to make an appearance? <sighs> That'd be kind of hard. Um, but I mean, if you have destruction going in and eating shards of prophecy, that's definitely a potential for something like that to go on, right? Sure. If you combine... Mort comes forward. You combine mushrooms and potions and actual pieces of prophecy together. That'd be a really interesting um, manifestation, especially with that jagged shard of the old world sitting in the middle of the harbor. Do we get weird boys? (laughs) I mean, we already have those in 40k. Oh, I yeah, thought we were being weird this whole time. I thought we're the weird boys. Mm. 
I, I have. I keep hoping that the Karnathi will end up being a destruction force. You know, I keep hoping that they'll have these gaps with these bridges, like the Osiak Bone Reapers. I was kind of hoping they would have an aspect. And, and you guys talked a little bit about on the podcast with the outcasts, where it could be a maybe an order focused death faction, or you know, have mm-hmm. these factions that are part of the others, but work within a different alliance. I think yeah. we get some really Bucking interesting yeah. cross interaction. Yeah, we don't have that gold faction yet that can ally with whatever mm-hmm. um, alliance that they want to. Right. And I think not that they have to, because I mean, part of what we like about fantasy is some tropes and some familiarity, but they, like we talked about, they can go anywhere from here. Um, there's, there's, there isn't as much kind of, backwards fan service or like fitting what people know about the current races to deal with moving forward. We can kind of experiment more and play more. Should we start talking about what we want to see? Oh yes, please. (laughs) I'm way better at looking into my brain at what might come instead of (laughs) their brains. All right. With that, then let's go ahead and start with Josh on the wish list. What do you want to see in age of Sigmar? It could be models, it could be story, it could be games, it could be cross the board. I got, I got one thing. I okay. got one thing. Kahadran Overlords. Yeah, but We need yes. a new battle tome. I'm, absolutely. I'm in a mind link here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we need such a better way to use the awesome ships that are in our forces mm-hmm. in a more regular basis. I, I look forward to that so much. Well, I think they can bring a, an aspect to the tabletop that we just haven't seen yet. Yeah. That yeah. Age of Sigmar is now ready to be able to use. Yeah. I mean, my core thing here is uh, the verisimilitude, right? Like, the ships don't have that feel. They don't feel like yeah. the sky ships that you read about. And I recognize that it's really difficult to, like, have something on the tabletop, have to be able to have it be attacked by, like, a horde of ghouls who are going to, like, jumping roundhouse kick it or whatever the heck. Uh, but... Yeah. You have to you have to balance the game application with <clears throat> how it appears in the background. I recognize that that's that's uh, uniquely challenging. I would say to to do that, but I think that is you know for narrative gamers that feels like the biggest disconnect in the book is like the ships yeah. aren't super fun. Yeah, right now. <laughs> as far as verisimilitude is concerned, as far as the rules can are, we, can we define this word for maybe people that don't know it? All right, so verisimilitude is what you see in the models that is defined in the rules that affect how they act on the tabletop. Yeah. Does, right? does, does it play like you think it should play? I mean, yeah. I, I knew what that word meant. As far as the ship's rules are concerned, it could be a train, right? It could right. be a land train. There's nothing that really gives me that sense that it's a As flying. opposed to an ocean train? Or I mean, well, <laughs> a land train is from the squat, so it's kind of going to that angle. Yeah. But I mean, it's where... got the fly special rule. It does have the fly special rule, but like, it doesn't have any defense from that. Really? Like, right. it, it, there's nothing that gives you the feel that it's actually flying in game other than it has the fly special rule. Because it, it can be attacked by everything. Yeah. yeah. yeah so. What I would say on the flip, the reason why it may not ever reach exactly how it looks and feels, because I do feel like it, the range itself, but also why it should be fixed as much as possible. So the range itself is, is a hit. Beautiful. Like, everybody loves this range. They love what it makes your imagination go to. The idea of an upper atmosphere of age of Sigmar playing in the clouds, et cetera. And I don't, I just don't see as many other armies built and painted and converted as I do this, this set of models. And I think it yeah. definitely sure, it's just uh, too many- conservative oh, in the, in the vehicle transport rules. Cause it was novel to the setting. So hopefully yeah. they'll just work. It. 
Yeah, I, I, got, I guess I got two things to say. One, I want to jump on the love for the faction because it's it was the first one that came out in for Age of Sigma that really made me like, whoa, like there are no rules. Like we're really like exploring new space. And that was like super like dope to like feel that way. And the second is like, I hope they stay nerfed until the ground because <laughs> I played a Firestorm campaign where Josh just blew me, like leaf blowered me off the table. Like every game. We had a, we played a three on one game at the end of the campaign just so Josh could take a loss. And he, he almost won. Still, so that's uh, uh, show of hands how many KO armies are in the room right now. I mean that's four out of seven. That's pretty good. Mm. How many uh, show of how many people here get beat by Josh on a regular basis? Raise your hand. Mm-hmm. Can't lose to Josh, Josh if you don't play <laughs> him. Yeah, 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 there we go. <laughs> ten out of ten would recommend. Yeah. <laughs> I killed his leader in Necromunda. <laughs> <laughs> I still think having a KO race would be great. You know, have it. You know, yeah. oh sure, you know, a fleet race where you can. You know, so I think one of the Las Vegas Open or something did like that, something like that. Yeah, yep. I think there's room to expand. The, there is a regatta, a- sky regatta. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Attack <laughs> each other, yeah. flying beasts, interacting. And just imagine if we get more models. Oh boy! Oh. All right. Next wish list, Paven, you got something you want to see? Something that um, I would really like to see that we didn't really get to see this year, this last year, was like a, some sort of global participatory campaign. Sure, like I really loved um, Malign Importance, and I love the way that Games Workshop is kind of treating these global campaigns. They're like iterating on them, trying new stuff, and I really want to see that kind of community involvement opportunity to kind of shape the narrative maybe not in a straight up or down like order wins chaos wins kind of way but like in a like strange choice we don't know where this is going like it's really cool to see like those campaigns happen and then having like meaningful impact like all of the the cities in the that were part of the war of season of war campaign are now like in a different rule book and they all have rules and they're all like you know, controlled by the faction that won that campaign. And then, like, a lot of the Malign Portance beats are, like, you know, get brought up again and again. Like, Lunagast, which was this yeah. secret moon that I, I don't know, did we free it? Did we pray to it? I don't know what actually happened to Malign Portance, but it was introduced there. Sure. And now it shows up again in the end. I think the Bad Moon took a bite out of it once. It's actually showing up in the eight points now as part of, like, the new Warcry Tome of Tampions. Like, you can, like, go on a moon quest. Mm-hmm. And I really want to see more of that. That'd be really cool. Uh, I think... I think it was cool that they started that, and I, I would echo that. And now that we have more league play here in our local area, I'm, I think we have better chance of even taking advantage of that and as right. a community playing through that more. I almost played no games in both of those campaigns, yeah. but I really enjoyed watching them happen. <laughs> Bill? Um, I just on a very selfish note, I really want uh, the Seraphon to get some new stuff yeah, just buddy. because mm-hmm. I want to be able to play them again and yeah. not feel like I'm having to trudge out stuff that's from like, I don't know, 15 years ago. <laughs> uh, so, so I really like to see them. And, and from a narrative standpoint, they're such fertile ground because there's almost nothing. Their original book was almost intentionally bare because it, I, I'm not entirely sure why, but uh, I'm not sure if they knew exactly what they wanted to do with them yet. Exactly. Yeah. I think it was yep. so early on in Age of, Age yeah. of Sigmar, they weren't the ready to first battle tome, yeah. right? Yeah. We, we need something. Well, this yeah. is something, right? Yeah. 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 Here's the thing. It, it's, it brings these models into this universe, but it doesn't really explain why they're there or what they're doing. So sure. mm-hmm. um, they can really start over from the ground up. And I think the concept that they can actually move between the realms in their temples 
rather than having to use like realm gates and things, but they can actually just leave a realm and go fly away to somewhere else mm-hmm. leaves some really interesting opportunities that would not exist elsewhere. Yeah. Phil yeah. just mentioned today on Twitter that the, the starships can fly through the void mm-hmm. for the, uh-huh. for the slon. So like that's, a, that was literally mentioned today that this is the way they move between yep. the, sure. so. etheric void. So yeah. It's got a term. And I think, you know, too, since they're, they're such a, star focused order faction they, they play as a counter as chaos in so many of the books and the lore and with chaos rising with the slaves to darkness i think you know it's a great time to bring them in yeah yeah i mean and you think of the incredible things they could do with the miniatures yeah right? mm-hmm. at this point so yeah lots of resin to get rid of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> davy wish list yeah uh for me it would be um the missing half of the slanish book uh that that was my I, as amazing as I thought the Keeper of Secrets was, I think the Fiends are incredible. I thought they did some really awesome stuff uh, with with uh, like the Harpist and all that sort of thing. But there, there were no Immortals in that release. And I, I, I feel like with what they can do with what how they imagine and design miniatures right now, like there's some incredible things uh, that they could do. Like if you think of a faction that would benefit from uh, what they can do with movement and speed and motion in their miniatures, it's slanesh. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I, I can't wait to see what they do with that. And I feel like that's got to be there, like the, the mortal followers of slanesh. I think it was just a timing thing, is my guess, is that we haven't done something with slanesh in a super long time. we got to get something out there. We're not quite ready to, like, really crack this, you know, huge plot point open. And so I think they're going to return there. I hope they're going to return there. I would be super excited to see that. Sure. Yeah. Do you think they'll return this year? I know it's a wish list, but like given <coughs> so so hot on the heels of the the Slanesh battle tome. Um yeah, uh this is what he thinks is going to happen. It's what he wants to okay, happen. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just want you to be realistic. Don't make him justify <laughs> his <laughs> desires. Uh, Slanesh is coming, so I think they would yeah. have to bring an army with it. And yeah. I think the mortals are the perfect fit for that. Yeah, the enough. seekers, the mm-hmm. you know everybody else yeah. would be perfect for that. Sure. Um my answer was initially pretty similar to Pavin's answer um, in terms of just looking for them to have more like, a campaign, bigger picture event type thing this summer. I'm specifying this summer because I think that's when they do a lot of them. I expect sort of that we'll see some of that. Um, what else I want is honestly, I love that they've gone back and released battle tomes for basically every uh, faction that's coming out. And, and if they want to take, take the time to hit up KO and then Zinch and then Seraphon as well, more power to them. But I'm really hoping that we can get past, past that quickly and we can really start moving forward for it. I feel like we... You want something totally new? Yeah, whether totally new or an ex- an expansion of a faction that we've already maybe touched on currently. Um, I feel like we have... We'll throw endless spells or a terrain piece to a faction that we're all sort of used to coming from, you know, whether it's the old world or something that was released earlier earlier in ALS. I want to see what a new chamber for Iron Jaws looks like. I want to know what a new... Ch- the equivalent of a chamber for Sylvaneth or something let's, let's like that. Let's sacrifice somebody who hasn't gotten that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want to see round mm-hmm. two for, I mean, that isn't Stormcast or Corn, basically. Yeah. Um, because I think a lot of these books that we've seen so far have been great foundational, um, get your foot in the door type thing. I thought I talked about that, I think, from the Bone Reaper's perspective, in that this is a great introduction. But what's the evolution of each of these things look like? I want to know what the stage two um, is for these um, and I think they can't move forward with those until they get everybody else locked in and if those three books are required for us to move forward so be it that's fine um, and then I, I, I'll hold my breath until after that I don't care what it is honestly um, as long as it's you know new and exciting and, and so on and so forth and I, I trust that it will be so mm-hmm. nice nice 
Um, my wish list. Um, one of the things I'm still think we're behind, uh, the sci-fi counterpart is in terrain sets that allow us to build higher. Mm. We've got a lot of, uh, terrain that's ruins. It, it kind of fills out what came before. And Age of Sigmar is a lot of that built upon the ruins of pasts. Um, but with the cities, with this age of rebuilding, I would love to see uh, an Azerite or Free People's terrain set that allows you to just um, scale big, scale beyond. And I don't know how, again, Age of Sigmar is not, maybe not made for heights and that sort of stuff. But I think, I don't know, there's something about um, about those terrain sets, whether it be the Necromunda um uh, zone mortalis stuff or the sector mechanicus stuff or even the the cities what are the city fight stuff it just allows you to treat it more like legos like attach this in this way and make it unique we don't quite have that equivalent yet in age of sigmar um we've got pieces of it we've got the hints at what it could be but give me something to build sure. higher well if age of sigmar is built for it i mean warcry definitely is right so like you've mm-hmm. got that yeah. yeah. squarely within that wheelhouse yep yeah. Maybe an expansion of Siege, you know, that'd be a good way to have some vertical um, Age of Sigmar games, the Siege elements, expanding that rule set a little bit yeah. more. Yeah, so that's what I got. Paul? Um, I want a brand new faction. I want a new KO, right? Like, I want something that we had no inkling and it even existed. And I want an entire race done to the hilt like KO was, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Ossiarch is a relatively good example. Um but KO just had that something extra. What about um, uh, the uh, Deepkin? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like yeah. the Deepkin, something like that, where it literally just completely out of left field, right? Um, but we've seen an interesting trend with the way that they release products this year, um, where we had the Start Collecting for Slaves to Darkness be released with all completely brand new models, right? We had Feast of Bones, which came with one new ogre and the first place to get a brand new race. I think we might see in this next year a box set of two completely brand new races released together as a new starter set. Um, I, I think all of these big box sets are starter sets, right? They come with the rules, they come with uh, the cards, and I think we are going to see that. I mean, in 5th edition of Warhammer, we had Bretonians versus Lizardmen, mm-hmm. right? And those were two brand new factions. And that's something that Games Workshop has not done ever since, if I'm not mistaken. And I think they are poised in a place to be able to do that. With everything that we have seen categorized, put into a battle tome, or put into Legends, I'm really hoping that we see some just huge, brand new exploration. And I'm hoping that we get that. Would you would you count the the light elves, the shadow elves, as mm-hmm. new races? Or oh yeah, totally. Okay, and because we, I mean, the only thing that we've possibly seen is we've seen the Tenebral shard. Yeah, yeah, I was about to right? say right. And yep. the Mistweavers. And, and the Mistweavers say oh, that's yeah. the only thing that we've seen. So if we can see an expansion of that, right, or yeah. the Karnathi versus one of those, right, like that's also a possibility. Or right. legitimately, if we had a brand new Lizardmen range released with a brand new never before seen range of miniatures like especially if we came up with some replacement for the bretonians right some normal people that don't live in the free cities maybe this is what the people who live in the realms are like when they're not in the cities of sigmar 
these are the bands that came together or something. I don't even, you know, I want something brand new that we had never even thought about. Um, perhaps a destruction human faction or something like that. All right. Now that we've talked about what Games Workshop or what we want Games Workshop to do for us, um, let's talk about the podcasts. Let's talk about the Mortal Realms, What the Hex, Dogs of War Cry. Never heard of them. And let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what we want to do in the new year um, with these things that we've started and are now responsible for raising. Uh, otherwise, Child Protective Services are going to come after us. <laughs> I'm going to leave it at a fire station. <laughs> Davey, you're picking up Please all. Please do not. <laughs> um, so why don't we start with the big kahuna himself, Aaron. A-A-Ron. A-A-Ron. That's what they call me. I'm leaning uh, into A-A-Ron, I think. What uh, What are you going to have us do this year? What's our uh, – are we fired? Uh, yeah, I got a whole new – I mean, Josh has been chomping at the bit, actually, to get out on, uh, on the story phase on the moral realms. Um, what are we going to do this year? Um, more stories, more, more uh, pun intros, despite what Davey uh, says. Veto uh, power. Yeah, yeah, I, honestly, I've I just been uh, editing in puns for you in the beginning, actually. It only um, works if they don't listen. <laughs> no one else does either. Um, uh, wh- wh- I guess one of my goals, I mean, is to keep hitting up uh, Black Library Fiction. Um, we're – I by the time this releases, you probably will have realized, general listener, non-patrons, that, that we um, have been slotting in um, our compilations of uh, the Pocket Realms that Davey and I have been doing um, yeah, so that the the folks who, who are listening on sort of our main feed are going to get a, a taste of that as well. We're still going to be releasing them ahead of time on the on the Patreon, but um, we, we figured we'd be remiss if we didn't share this this bounty of knowledge with the, the general public. And I think moving forward, we're going to start bringing other folks in too, because we're tired of talking to just each other. Um, <sighs> so yeah, tired. Yeah, very, very tired. Um, so expect to see more folks uh, tapped in for that um, and having those uh, episodes as bonuses in addition to our regularly uh, scheduled monthly story phases as well. Along those same lines, I want 2020 to be a year of collaboration. Uh, there are a lot of great creators out there putting out lore content, and I think it'd be awesome to get a chance to work with some of them. Uh, so if that's you, uh, reach out and let's jam. And then just as a personal goal, I want to be a little bit more timely in terms of like releasing stories when they're hot and fresh and people have, uh, haven't may or may not have gotten a chance to read them. Um, I think we've had a couple that were hearkening back because it was interesting stories that I think were worth being talked about but um with the release pace being that it what it is now i think we can keep tabs on both some of the black library fiction that gets released and we can be sort of caught up with them as well as uh, tapping into those battle tome reviews that we do as well so that's that's a personal goal just to line up the timing a little better any more anything else to add on the the mortal realms uh no i just uh i like that we've got the the focus on um figuring out i'd like that we continue the focus on what uh, what narrative arcs are really informing the greater AOS universe? Yeah, and exactly. So I'd, I'd like to make sure that we're laser focused on that as our target. I'm excited to what we're trying to expand in terms of uh, with the Discord channel, bringing people uh, more close to us as we kind of have conversations about the Mortal Realms, about Age of Sigmar, and um, we're going to get Aaron out of his cave and down to Adepticon this year. And so <laughs> um, there's I don't we're not going to have First year, we're going to have, like, I don't know, almost everybody, at least off the TMR cast. Uh, I'm not going to point fingers or anything yeah, like that. Six, six but seven. but we're, we're going to get a chance to go down, hang out together as a cast, meet some people. And, and, you know, we've all individually had different experiences being able to meet more people in the community. Uh, Depticon has been huge for that. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for us to, to do a little bit more. So I feel like 
podcasting can be just kind of like this wall you're sitting behind. Yeah, the way I prefer it. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, moving from, from Twitter <laughs> to Discord and then Adepticon are just a way for us to kind of ask how you guys think about this and what we should do better. So, uh, Paul, do you have any thoughts on the Mortal Realms podcast and what you think we can... Well, uh, what I'm really excited about is the same thing we were kind of talking about earlier, was we have this depth of fiction now. Like, we have these areas that we have explored, these touchstones that we have um, been able to engage with. And I think we can do a great job moving forward of really being able to point out other books that you've read, because we started to develop some of these tropes, some of these interesting um, own fantasy arcs within Age of Sigmar, and we're just going to keep getting more of those, I feel yeah. like. We're just going to be able to expand, do better recommendations other than just like, this is a really good book. If you like this race, do this thing. I think we're going to be able to be like, this is an adventure book. If you want another adventure book, we're we're actually being able to break out of just, I'm going to recommend an Age of Sigmar book because it's an Age of Sigmar book, because we're getting into territory where we don't need to just do that. Mm-hmm. So our collective hive mind is getting smarter. A little bit. <laughs> Interesting follow-up. This one's going to be for Aaron. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Um, now that we've had uh, heard the mention or the announcement, probably one of the biggest of the year, that sure. in three years' time, we might be heading back to the old world. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe this didn't come up earlier. Yeah. yeah. Uh, huh. Would you ever consider slating yeah. old world content? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I wouldn't slide it in. I'd probably do uh, in addition to... Um, oh, guys, I was worried you were going to say, like, instead of. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> in addition to. I mean, you guys got to all make new shows. I want to make a new show. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> so, um, I mean, part of the reason the Mortal Realms even came out is because it was there was some content out, but nobody was giving it a chance, and we wanted to just tell more of the stories of the Mortal Realms. Now that we have that depth, you're saying, hey, yeah, let's dive back into content that is there. Sure. I mean, good stories are good stories no matter when they're written. Well, and definitely, yeah. and, and, and to some degree, maybe it informs, I don't even know how this works, like, timeline-wise, but maybe it informs the Age of Sigmar stuff it somehow. Yeah. Oh, totally. Sure. If you want to understand Nagash, go back and read the mm-hmm. trilogy before he was a dead dude, yeah. you know? But just imagine, right, like, we've had Storm Vaults, where it's like, oh, we're going to go back into the Age of Myth, right? Like, but that old information informed the current going on. Mm-hmm. If you go back to the old world, you can start these seeds that have like a story of a thousand years to be able to grow and to envelop and to develop. And, and that's just an amazing possibility um, that we really have not seen. The flashback phase! Ooh, try that <laughs> The flash dance yeah. phase? Better. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, no, I'm definitely very interested in that. And like, even when we dabbled in our, like the Warhammer Fantasy RPG, like that already like really got me fairly interested. So, yeah. Cool, cool. That's good All right, times. any any last pieces about uh, TMR and and the year ahead? Uh, be consistent. Uh, be timely. Patreon, Patreon. No. <laughs> <laughs> lightning bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt. Don't worry, I'll definitely edit that. Out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, let's move over to what the hex. Uh, you've got a year in the in the bag. Uh, biweekly. Uh, what insanity drove you to that? And. Uh, and are you going to uh, weekly now? Is that what no, I hear? So here's Rumors. the thing. Is like, it was actually an act of sanity to go bi-weekly because my initial concept was like, we'll do something every week. 
also the original concept was that we would do 30 minutes an yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love and and as, as we covered in our uh, recap episode for one year, uh, we, we managed that all of one time. <laughs> <laughs> Highest downloaded episode of all. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, this coming year, uh, more of the same. Like we're pretty proud of, of the uh, content we're putting out, I think. Um, We've maintained that consistency uh, every right now. Every Monday morning, we may we may adjust our, our specific release schedule, but every every two weeks, you're going to get an episode of that. Um, um, I uh, I want to continue what we're doing as far as like bringing in all different aspects of the uh, of the underworlds community, um, pulling Europeans, um, U.S. members, Canadians, of course. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff Osborne. Salute. Um, but uh, just trying to be a, a force for uh, pulling pulling the underworlds community together uh, at at large, um, and uh, it's a great community, and we want to reflect that back to the community. Uh, so I'd like to I'd like to see more of that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then I think uh, this is something that we've slightly talked about, but never really gotten off the ground. I think maybe branching into some battle report stuff might be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, got somebody else in our league who's got some connections with some cameras and interested in trying to help us out with that so maybe even pull in a new member of the uh podcast just sure. for some video I, stuff i think we've got a baseline that we're competent at and comfortable with and, and now it's time to start uh seeing if there's some experimental lines that we could uh, branch out so yeah definitely uh, their cool. answer was way better than my answer for do you want to do you want to go again and uh, we can edit yeah, it. just edit it in let's just from, from the top yeah no <laughs> <laughs> there's enough laughing that he can you know probably just start this whole crack thing. some jokes <laughs> and just, yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> question any plans to add you guys have uh kind of new beginner stuff you know kind of getting into the game you've got um competitive stuff kind of cracking those decks uh hitting the uh that scene um when are you gonna, you know, uh, bring some more lore, some of your uh, mm. your roots, your lore chops? <laughs> well, that's interesting. Any, any thoughts about that, or have you intentionally kind of? There's not tons of it. it it's, uh, I mean, there's some real interesting. Uh, for me, I've I've been very interested in lore. Um, there's novels and short stories that I thought I've very much enjoyed, um, and I think we've been remiss in not like the the. Um, the story phase has an episode about the shattered city, which is great about Shakespeare beast graves out there. I'd love to, you know, cover that, um, either, either as a main, um, episode of the story phase or as a, as, as something on the side. Uh, but I think we need to, uh, I think we need to salt that into the cast either, at, either as an episode on its own or, uh, or as, uh, as like, a you know, like occasion we'll put something in on an off week, we'll throw some extra in. And so that might be the way we do it, but uh, I I think it's there. I think people people you know it, the game is attractive because of the competitive nature for a lot of people. But there's a reason that you're playing with uh, figures and on a on a board that is cool and has all this awesome art on it. Uh, there's a reason you're doing that instead of playing with like paper counters and you know it's not spreadsheet versus spreadsheet. It's it's more than that. Oh, tell me more about the spreadsheet versus yeah. spreadsheet. Oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, no. Um. So yeah, definitely. And and I think that um. There's the potential for uh, Underworlds to be sort of a, an onboarding point for uh, AOS at large just because it's a smaller buy-in and it's quicker games. Um, but the models are in the same range and they're just as 
magnificent. And so I think there's there's potentially a, a group of people in the Underworlds community that are not as familiar with the lore. So it is probably an area that should be talked about a little bit more because it is uh, it, it's a nice connecting point. Mm-hmm. Some people just may not even realize. Yeah, I'll say as a as a person who's not in what the heck's, but I am, you know, and I haven't played that many games of Underworlds, but I, I would love to hear more about the lore. So I definitely think there's an audience out there. And, and I read the Shadespire book. I try to read some of the other inform- information online just to find out, okay, so why are they in Beastgrave now? What's what's going on? What's the lore behind the warband? So I can just tell you that I, I would definitely be interested in hearing more about that. Um, I do think they've done a great job of introducing the game with lore. Like if you play the game, you know lore. Right, you, from the cards, from just the settings. So they do. They've done a great job with this game of immersing you pretty quick. But there's definitely more to go. It'd be very easy to not have it included at all. Like without the little blurbs on the cards, they didn't need to do that. But like it helps um, yeah. having it. Sure. Them. Yeah. So that's cool. Any other thoughts on uh, uh, what the hex and and where it might go? Yeah, if we're just shouting uh, episode topics, um, <laughs> I want here's what I, here's what I want people what tell us, wants. Tell us. I want what is what the like I, I like what I struggle with is like if I'm going to play a competitive game, I want to be like super competitive about it, but like I'm like really intimidated. There's so many warbands now. Like, what is like the most budget deck I can get that will still be like super meta? That's great. Like, That's what great. is like how many how great many warbands do I have to buy? Yeah, okay. I, I do believe that. Uh, Aman Kuzro has a article about that that you could go read right now if you'd like to. We could yeah, but can you just do a podcast well. about it? Yeah, like, sure. Do a podcast about it. <laughs> I don't like mm-hmm. using my eyes. I want to use no, my ears. No, no definitely. Yeah. Yeah. My I love Aman, but we can do it. Yeah, we can do it better. <laughs> oh! <laughs> that I wouldn't say. Ain't, ain't cutting It's that. a competitive game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Competitive podcast. Okay. <laughs> oh. And he's been on your podcast, right? Yeah. Have yeah. you been on was, theirs? I have. Okay, then everyone's yeah. hey, that's great. <laughs> um, All right. Hey, hey Eric. Yes, Aaron. What are your what are your plans with Dogs of Warcry? And I said Dogs of Warcry this dogs time, so good job, me. I don't know. Uh, Josh Paven, what are we gonna do with that? <laughs> I think we had a, <laughs> is that one person or two people? I think we had a good run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem like the game's going anywhere. Like it's no, not gonna, you know, we everybody yeah. tried and yeah. just, you know. So the um, I mean, taking a cue from from Davy's book, uh, stepping out with uh, what the hex and uh, trying to do it one better. Uh, no, we were experimenting with this idea of seasons, um, mm-hmm. and you see a lot of uh, some podcasts do that, where it's kind of these seasons of podcasts where where you cover a topic I or like a, this a, lot, a yeah. series. And so this first season has been really kind of getting into Warcry and playing a bunch of different ways. So from casual, you know, uh, from collecting, painting, rules. Um, league up to event um, and lore. Uh, so um, we've experimented with um, r- getting rules wrong. We've experimented with uh, <laughs> filler. Ep- <laughs> we, we've gotten some rules wrong. wrong. Uh, we, we've, we've experimented with filler episodes when we couldn't quite uh, make our, our bi-weekly. Did you just call my show a filler episode? <laughs> he did. I believe he genuinely did. Uh, I call your shows all thrillers. <laughs> <laughs> Taking off uh, the other members of the team. Um, so, we've, I mean, it's a little bit of experimentation, and, and I really didn't know. I mean, I had ideas. I've got about, I don't know, I think I wrote up about 10, 12 no, maybe more than that. Twenty episodes worth of stuff, like just names. Like, what would it be? And we've gone through a bit of that, so we're in the planning phase of what season two is going to be. Mm-hmm. Kind of decide where we want to go. Luckily, it is a very well supported game, and we're getting new stuff 
quite often. Yeah. And so um, our season is season two is going to kick off with Tome of Champions and what that's going to mean for what that's going to change for league and and for event play, etc. We have um, some uh, Midwest friends coming off of uh, the Plunging Spires who are interested in running a game, and so we're not sure when that's going to be, but uh, an event. Sorry, not just a game. January is what they were thinking originally. Um, yeah, I don't. But yeah, no pressure. We're not going to yeah, put any words right. in their mouth when they announce, they'll announce. But, uh, so it feels like we're building up enough experience. Kind of for us, it was, uh, similar to you guys, like having enough experience in the game to be able to give other people advice or kind of a grounding is something that we've, um, uh, kind of feel like we've been able to do with the league and getting in games, et cetera. So that's what will continue. So I think, I don't know yet. Um, it will certainly be trying to live up, hit that one year mark of bi-weekly episodes. Um, anything you guys would like to see us do differently that we've not yet planned or talked about? Well, what, uh, what I'm most excited about season two is that we, we covered a lot of bases in season one, which are like, Hey, let's get this, let's get this game started. Let's get this community built. Let's like keep kind of like pushing forward, kind of like the, like back to basics kind of thing. And I think that was like all really great content. And I'm really happy that that's out there, but I'm really excited to dump it, like jump in deeper on a lot of these concepts, like, like uh, jump deeper into the narrative, like kind of what are the different hooks and areas to explore on the kind of really small level for these different warbands talk about really going in hobby wise how can we expand kind of this toolbox and this playground that we've been given and like uh, really like get in the get in the grit and get in the dirt on the in this area i can say as a listener but not a contributor like that's what i'm hungry for so if that's what you guys bring i'm I'm, we're cooking it up yeah Nice. Yeah. Hey, I think there's a what does Davey want? What does Paven want? Kind of <laughs> yeah. energy yeah, going on. Here. Nice. Yeah, I think um, some of the things I'm really looking forward to, and I've shared this on a few different forums, is that they've they've told us you're getting almost the rest of the factions of AOS in Warcry, and what that does is it opens up a toolbox for skirmish play anywhere in the realms. Uh, so I think that's just going to be an incredible opportunity for Games Workshop, but also players to say we're going to use the Warcry rule set. In Excelsis, we've got destruction attacking. We're going to play with all these warbands. This is your end goal. I mean, you have an unlimited option for Warcry narrative events in a skirmish setting that contribute to an AOS game. You know, so now you've got these kind of uh, chain campaigns that they used to have. You know, in the older days for Warhammer Fantasy 40k. Yeah. Now you can link up games in smaller sizes, larger sizes. For the listener, that heavy breathing. If you weren't able to identify, that's Phil. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, looking forward to that and, and you know the different potential opportunities there, but also as we gain more experience kind of running the league and designing events and making those interesting, especially with some of the new terrain uh, map elements that are in Toma Champions, it could it could lead to some unique map campaigns yeah. or other unique ways to play Warcraft, I think. So I think our biggest kind of feedback from the community has been when we're trying something out in our league or in our local tweaking rules or homebrewing or, you know, kind of playing with stuff. People are asking, Hey, can I have a copy of those rules or can I see what you guys are doing? So I think some of it too, is even sharing with the community what we're doing and how we're doing it so they can try it out and give us feedback. And so even generating kind of as a, as a source or one of the contributors to the experimentation that's happening in the community is something I'm excited for. Yeah. yeah. Um, anything else you guys would like to see uh, dogs of war cry do or, 
Um, yeah. not, maybe not for Dogs of Warcraft specifically, but kind of hearkening back to what you were saying, maybe from the moral realms perspective as a whole, not yeah. just from the individual podcast. But what I hope to see, and I think what maybe all of us want, is like that continued interaction with the community at large. And I think we get a lot of that from our Discord and on Twitter and on all sorts of other social media. But I think a lot of what we're doing is because we want to engage with the community at large from whatever angle or aspect that each of us individually finds particularly interesting. Mm-hmm. Um the fact that we're covering such wide, I'm not going to say disparate because it's all sort of in the same universe, but generally different perspectives on different types of, you know, the way that we interface with the age of Sigmar as a whole, as a concept, um, means that um, obviously we're very passionate about it and we want to interface with those of you who are passionate as well. And I hope that we can continue to do that sort of back and forth. Um, and I hope if, hey, if you haven't, hey, listener, if you haven't reached out uh, previously, I mean, now's your time to do it. We'd love to hear from you, what you like about it, what you don't like about it, both from what we're producing, but then also the, the realms at, at, at large. There's, even over this past year, we've grown quite a bit, and that reach can expand even farther as we sort of interact with uh, everybody else. Like, you know what? You're all part of the mortal realms. The mortal realms is everybody. They're nigh on infinite. I'm um, in the mortal realms, and the mortal realms is me? With the exception of you, actually. Oh, yes. I, I, I was in Am I the only one hearing the Rocky music outlier. right now? Yeah, <laughs> finally, I thought I was in somewhere. Uh, so come find us at themortalrealms.com uh, slash discord. We uh, can come chat. <laughs> um, all right. Let's talk last. The last thing I want to cover... Yeah, so I was going to spring this on okay. people um, and what? close it out. <laughs> oh, goodness. Wow. Uh, never, wow. Never mind. Uh, so in the spirit of, of uh, you know, th- this was Paven's idea and it's been an incredible idea. It's been, been very fun to do. Appreciate that. Um, and in the spirit of feeling grateful for that, I thought uh, I thought we could kind of go around the table Talk about something we're grateful for, and it can be it can be whatever you want to interpret it as. Um, but uh, one thing I think that uh, has been at the core of whatever whatever podcast is part of the Mortal Realms Network is uh, we love this hobby, we love this game, we're grateful for this game, and so um, let's just take an opportunity to talk about things that we're uh, uh, that we're grateful for. Um, however, however you want to interpret that is is fine for this. It's going to be totally open. So yeah, all right. I haven't gotten to start one of these questions yet, so I'm thankful for that. Um, <laughs> Next. <laughs> I think, um, obviously, starting this, uh, we haven't done one of these, so I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm trying to cover like all history of the Mortal Realms, but uh, starting this, this with Davy as a way, as an outlet, um, to enjoy something with more people than just myself. Uh, and Davy was kind of the first step, and then it felt like everybody listening was that next step. But it's... For me, it's been even more um, this past year or past two years as as we have grown, uh, added more people uh, and and had more people come underneath this to say, hey, we want to make this better. We want to make this uh, interesting. We want to take it in new directions. And that means it's it isn't just any one of ours. Uh, so I'm, I'm very grateful for the everybody around here, around this, these mics. Yeah, I'm starting there so that it's. It's like Davey. You don't want to go last and get the worst. So uh, everybody I'm said it already. For cheese dip, I guess. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Let me change this. Change this. Uh, uh, Caroline's cheese dip. Um, but just uh, everybody around uh, these mics that's ready to give something, whatever that is, to make the Mortal Realms and all these podcasts better, and uh, just want to bring more people, even locally, into it. Um, I just. 
probably have to say that I'm grateful for, you know, the community, right? Like not only our podcast, but also like the great group of guys that we have in Madison. Um, you know, most of us are dads, like getting out for me is really hard. And, uh, there was definitely a point where it was a priority for me to get out the door and I just couldn't do it. Right. And being able to come back and to, you know, have to miss a couple episodes and come back makes me really appreciate how much of a great experience it is to be able to get together and to talk with, you know, friends and people who want to talk about this stuff. Right. And listeners who want to listen to this stuff. It's not a simple thing. Like, you know, my father-in-law is watching my kids tonight so I could come podcast. And he was like, oh, well, how many people listen to this? And I'm like, thousands. He's like, really? And I'm like, dropping that humble brag. Yeah. Right. <laughs> there are literally tens of us. <laughs> but I, mean, like, I don't, I'm not trying to drop a humble brag. I'm just trying to say, like, literally, like, it's to be able to go from watching four kids to come and talk about stuff that you guys want to listen to. It's just an amazing, humbling experience, right? And one other, like, just side thing that I'm grateful for is um, the, the Stormcast uh, podcast that GW puts out and their 40K, right? Being able to hear the same passion that we have in our podcast from the employees who work there, sharing their passion for designing the miniatures that we have, designing the world that we have. I've listened to every single one, and it never fails to inspire me to be like, I need to understand that. That little piece of trivia there that really like made me intrigued and helped me to understand how somebody could take this and make it into what it is today, right? And without that, we wouldn't have this at all. I mean, they're almost as passionate as we are. Like, they're almost. close. Yeah. 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 There's a scale for that. How about you, Josh? <laughs> Infinity minus one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you guys are stealing all the good stuff, you know, like David said. That's why we go first. Well, we've been here longer. Well, right, right. I know. I know. I know. That's fair. But uh, but I will say, you know, I've been uh, very grateful to have a stepson who got me back in the hobby, you know, the last couple of years ago. Got, you know, I had models for a while. I had to stop playing after my daughter was born just because kids will, you know, take time away. Love but uh, but he, he was the impetus to get me back in. And, and having a, a son who wants to do that also gives me the justification to continue doing more of it, which is really awesome. But I um, also wanted to say thank you for getting us more involved in not only playing fun games in the Warcry League, but also getting back in touch with more of the narrative element of gaming in iOS, which is an aspect I've always enjoyed Warhammer Fantasy and 40K. So it's been fun to play with it and talk with a group of people that have that similar passion. Payment. Um, well, I'm definitely not going to thank the community. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Yes. What have you ever done for me? <laughs> um, have you done for me? There's a dollar. No, I think what what makes this hobby special and it makes it like kind of different than like other hobbies I've had, like video games or you know whatnot, is like you get to you put yourself into it, and like whether for me it's especially like through the hobby, the hobby itself, like painting and that time you spent and maybe you're not always loving like doing all that highlighting, but there's a certain satisfaction you get from it. And I kind of feel a similar way about being able to contribute in this way. Like it's something I feel good about putting out into the world and it's a creative process and it's positive. And it's like, you know, I'm really, I really, and so I'm really thankful for the opportunity to have to, to, to put something else out in the world. I feel proud of that's positive. That's creative. And so that's really great. And I'm really excited for other opportunities to do similar things. There. So, thank you guys. Yeah. <laughs> what you feel? Um, I mean, it's it's gonna start to sound like a broken record here, but <laughs> like 
the the community is super great and uh i uh like especially for uh, uh underworlds like this game i'm sure they didn't really quite know how far it was going to go when they launched it it felt like a big big risk and a big experiment um but people have really latched onto it and i feel like the community has really grown and uh between the facebook groups and the discords there's so much communication now and you can be uh talking about these ideas pretty much anytime you want with people all over the world and the number of people who are willing and uh interested to listen to our takes on this stuff and reach out to us and say hey i really love what you're doing and giving us feedback and wanting to talk to us and telling us their ideas and giving us more uh, thoughts of what we can continue to do um, is really a humbling experience because we sort of started this off just because we were interested in the game. And now it's almost like we have this dialogue going with the community that wants to take part with that journey with us. Nice. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, so I would say, um, couple things i got anyway i got a couple of founding members to thank so eric um who had the original idea for the first mortal realms he said hey i was thinking about doing a podcast I'm like that's weird i've been thinking about it too and that's that's how it kicked off and it turned out there was this british guy who already had our <laughs> already had our name and because it's an awesome name by the way it is yeah. such a solid shout out to mal um <laughs> Uh, who I've, I have been in touch with, he's he's doing well. If, uh, if there's any long time listeners wondering, he's he's enjoying the game. He actually plays a lot of Underworlds, as it turns out. So, um, but uh, I appreciate that we've got like a, a creative group that's finding a way to leverage uh, different strengths. <laughs> so we got Aaron's organizational skills, and we have got the creative energy from Eric. Actually, Dogs of Warcry. Let's this is like crazy, like creative, you know, nuclear bomb going off between the three of you guys. Like I'm, I'm impressed that, that, uh, is, uh, is not just like exploding over there. Um, Paul's, you know, manic energy is, is, is such that, uh, uh, you know, I, I mean, he brings like a, a spark that we can't, um, we can't replicate and probably don't want to, you know, please <laughs> <laughs> oh, defeat it after midnight. Be like a radioactive decay. <laughs> Uh, but then, uh, especially for me with, uh, what the heck, it was something I was thinking about for a long time. Um, uh, and I, I couldn't quite find something, you know, I did not want to do a solo podcast. I've listened to those and there, you know, there's some people who can find a way to do them well. And I knew myself enough to know that I was not that person. And I needed someone else. Uh, and so a big thanks to Phil for, for coming in. Uh, I remember like five or six episodes in being like, Hey, you know, like, I think this is working pretty well. Are you cool with being full time? And he's like, yeah, I, I thought I was. Like, hey, hey all right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah. You mean this wasn't a permanent <laughs> position? <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> Josh Payman, we'll talk. That's been good. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, uh, it uh, that that has been such that I've I've talked to people in the Underworlds community, in the AOS community that I wouldn't have otherwise been in contact with, and that's been that's been awesome to to know that we're doing something that um, that people appreciate, you know. So. Uh, Aaron, I can't possibly Trump, finish. All of that. I can't possibly finish this out. Um, all right, I, man. There's a couple of things I wanted to echo. I think what I'll start with is maybe what Phil was saying is sort of the dialogue with the community at large. Um, I feel like for a while there, that this hobby was definitely something that I was sort of doing by myself because that's how I do a lot of yeah, things. Nope, I don't like saying that. <laughs> yeah, um, but now being as sort of part $3. of this, yeah, <laughs> part of this sort of creative endeavor. 
um, it allows you to uh, synchronize and sort of touch base with all sorts of folks out there in the community that are as passionate about even the specific components that you are. This hobby has grown such that you can find people who are almost into the exact same types of things, same types of aspects of the hobby. Kinks. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. a way to, way to look at it. Um, and so it, this has opened up the opportunity for me to like chat with those people. So um, spreadsheets. Yeah. So spreadsheets, yeah. I mean, and also I'm, become personal best friends with all the Black Library Yeah, just, yeah. just the closest best friends. Though I do, well, I'm not going to get into it. Anyways. Um, <laughs> it's personal. Um, I also want to thank those folks that have sort of come before us, those people who have done sort of the historic, uh, I'm yeah. maybe point to Warhammer point. Fantasy uh, podcast, because that's where, honestly, where it sort of originated from, at least my exposure to it. But it, it sort of showed that and I hope they take this as the compliment I intended to, that like anybody could do this <laughs> um, and that it, it inspires you to realize that there's, is, I, if you're willing to talk about something and sort of share your passion about a given hobby or what have you, it, it comes through and it ends up being worthwhile, like listening to. Um, and I could see it through the, the point hammers and the skull bros and, and I mean, any number of those old um, Warhammer Strong fantasy, bros, yeah. um, the healing hammers, the bad dice, those, those sorts of things. Black sun. Yeah. yeah. All, all that jazz. You know, I listen, listen to all of them and I, and I'm, I think everyone we just listened to, I miss dearly because they're all gone, unfortunately. I mean, they're still all in the hobby. And a lot. RIP, RIP. No, but the point being is it, it, it inspires This is you. why we let you go live. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it inspired me to sort of share um, that passion, and I, if I could even live up to some component of or some fraction of that, I, I, I hope I, I can. So that's um, fantastic. Uh, and then, furthermore, just the little—not the little—the the growing every day. The folks that are willing to engage with us. Some of them are just to watch are just to watch us burn. Sure. So. Well, and there's some people. No joke. There are some yeah. people, Martin, uh, who uh, at some point had never listened to a single episode, yeah. and yet there he was. Um, but it's those folks that I mean keep me engaged every day. Some um, people can't look away from a train wreck. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> What's another zinger? Come on, come on. Uh, and oh god, I didn't want this to be the last thing I brought up, but here we are. I also want to thank those patrons that we have. I'm not going to run off the names because nobody likes hearing that stuff. But except um, them, except for <laughs> them. Uh, but, but the point is, is if you like it so much that you're willing to help us um, support this, um, because it 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 does help. Um, it allows us to maybe experiment in more directions that we wouldn't normally be able to do yeah. so. And uh, it's if nothing else is incredibly humbling and there's gotta be something better for you to spend your money on. What are you doing? Don't worry. I'll definitely cut that. Out. Um, so I, I, I do want to very sincere. Thank you. Um, I, I appreciate it. You guys are fantastic. Absolutely. So just one last shout out to the community, uh, because you listen to us where our wives don't have to. And then one last mm. big shout out to our wives, you know, our support systems, our partners, like you're, not, you're, you're never going to hear this cause you don't listen to this. <laughs> But like, you thank know, you for not listening. Exactly. Thank you for not listening. So you don't hear the stupid things that we say, but like, you know, just to be able to give us the permission to express ourselves, to enjoy ourselves in this way is, yep. is an amazing ability. Mm-hmm. I won't tell her what it's called. So she can't find it. <laughs> thank you for binge watching marvelous. Miss Maisel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, she also told me that that Stormcast guy can't stay there. Oh, <laughs> no. No. She'll have to kill together. him and send him back to Azir herself. <laughs> oh, she will. It is time for his reforging. <laughs> Speaking of which. It's time for our reforging, but Sigmar Willing will be back soon. Like, subscribe, share, and leave a review. Anything you can do to spread the word of Sigmar farther than we can on our own. Chat with us anytime about your thoughts on Twitter, at The Mortal Realms. Aaron, where can we find you? I'm at Dose Asos. Davey. At Red underscore Zeke. Phil? <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Haven. 
Uh, I created a test Twitter account called Paven17 and Josh at J.E. Arrington and Paul at PJ Shard. And you can find me at Stone Monk Gamer. You can listen to more episodes of the story phase, What the Hex, Dogs of Warcry, as well as hobby content at themortalrealms.com. That's a muzzle on this episode. Dogs of War cry. Just I I can get to Dogs of War cry if that's on the cloud. Put it put it on the cloud. Can you put it on the cloud? I'm sure it's on the cloud. Bet we could get it. I think I need to close my eyes when I start talking because, like, anything I see is like immediately distracting. <laughs> One of the shortcomings of doing it in, per- in person. Yeah. Should we just get you a blindfold? <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm going, I'm going in blind.